The following podcast may contain some adult language. You've been warned. Those of you who got an invite, welcome to NerdProm. <laughs> no matter where in the world you are, we're all NERDS International. With the hyphen. Genesis RPG Podcast. This is a show dedicated to the Genesis role-playing system from Fantasy Flight Games, a show in which we, your hosts, discuss all things Genesis from both a player's and a GM's perspective. I am Tony Fanning, and with me, as always, are my good friends and co-hosts, Chris Holmes and Stefan Dragonspawn. How are we doing, fellas? Starting with you, Chris. What? Oh, yeah, I'm awake. Tryptophan from Turkey. From Thanksgiving. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dude, I smoked a turkey for Thanksgiving first time. It was great. My daughter, Alexi, said it was perfect. I smoked the turkey, I too. Did you? Yeah, I hit it with my Jeep. Did you really? Dude, turkeys Ouch. and fucking... I don't doubt it because he hit deer, right? I mean, <laughs> Well, if you do have to hit the turkey, mail that fucker to me and I'll smoke it. <laughs> no, it was a good, good weekend and whatever with the family and gaming and... Now hanging with you guys. Stefan, how about you, buddy? How you doing? Me? I'm, I'm trying to stay warm. We've, we've been hit by a snowstorm. I'm trying to stay warm next to my lava lamp here. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, no, I've been reading notes about all the good stuff that the Foundry's coming out with. So, uh, Other than Perfect. that, no. Just uh, working on my games, my Dragon Star game still. Working on notes about that. Awesome sauce. Mm-hmm. How about you, Tony? Yeah. Uh, I've been relatively busy working, working, working the last two weeks, but I did have the last two days off work um, by accident, of course. I've just worked so many hours, they weren't able to give me any more. Um, <laughs> and uh, You've worked all the hours. So then <laughs> I, I proceeded to take my wife out shopping, and yeah, there went all the money I made. <laughs> oh, dude, speaking of which, I had a fucking... Horrible mistake. Major oh, yeah. <laughs> major despair on my driving roll Friday because oh, no. I went to FFG to go get what? The Expanded Player's Guide and GM screen. No, they didn't have it. FFG, Uh-oh. you didn't have it in your goddamn store. But I went down the street and got it at the source. Ha! But before I did that, I have to make a left turn coming out of the FFG Center. And I always do because that's the shortest way to get to the source. That took me by Southdale Mall. That was fucking stupid. <laughs> Black Friday. I'm like, oh. oh, god damn it. That was horrible. And I had to get my paints and stuff for my Legion minis. No, yeah, major despair on my driving check. So, <laughs> so thank you, guys. Yeah, because Chris lives near the FFG headquarters. So <laughs> Yes, I do. And so the other thing I've been doing is I... I was asked to write an Eberron campaign, D&D, D-Shift 7D Eberron yep. <laughs> campaign for my friendly local game store. So I've got five players, and uh, we start in January. It'll be bi-weekly on the off Wednesday from our Star Wars week. 
and awesome. uh, Star Wars Starfinder, whatever we're playing at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna be in there at the friendly local game store running D Shift Seven D, which means I may end up trying to convert some more people to Genesis and start running <laughs> one shots up there too. Right. So there you go. That's good. We'll see. Oh, Eberron, so. such a great campaign setting. I yep. love it. And that, uh, that new book is beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful. And it covers a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. so today right. in our show, the, uh, our show, this is episode 46 entitled wow. magically delicious magic revisited. Get my um, lucky charms. <laughs> How long that uh, take us to a, make that reference? Yeah. This was a listener suggested show uh, title. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you f- to one of our tens of listeners that suggested it. Um, <laughs> we only have tens uh, of them. Can't remember who did it. <laughs> no, <laughs> but some, we, our very first show on magic was way back in the first episode Dude, that was we our did, first episode yeah it was where we invited on some friends and we talked about magic i think jamie genesis i think yeah, you jamie, jamie and i we had we did like the tri wizard tri magi or whatever it was yeah the three magi yeah <laughs> the it was our magi. very first episode that's great since then magic has grown in our hearts and minds mm-hmm. and it has grown also with the addition of items from both the foundry and from the expanded players guide so we're going to go over a bunch of that oh yeah but beforehand we got to do some listener feedback. Mm-hmm. So first, we'll talk about we got we got several comments and suggestions. But first, I want to talk about before we do listener feedback, I want to talk about our voting contest uh, about yeah. our skills. <laughs> you don't have that in the show notes here, Tony. No, nope, okay. no, I surprised you, right. buddy. Yeah, so Chris go. <laughs> got about thirty percent of the overall vote for knowledge mazes, dudes. Everybody who <laughs> voted for that. Love you. Thank you. That's great. <laughs> However, he did not win. Yeah. So he gets a participation <laughs> trophy, and I've got I've done something with our skills and <laughs> brought it up to my two co-hosts here, and they both seem to enjoy it. Yep. So, um, but I will bring up the uh, the one comment that we got that was well done and put me in the right mindset to fix it. Okay. So it's uh, from Nick Brasenio. He started out over on YouTube, just made a couple suggestions, and I wanted him to elaborate. So I asked him to send me an email, and he did. And he sent this, Tony, you asked to write a point, a suggestion I made in YouTube comments, so here it is. Uh, first, keep up the good work. Love the show and the interaction between the three of you. The original comment I made was, you could have mental assault be career-specific and defense be available to all. Uh, after listening to you talk about mental assault, mental defense, cool, discipline, so on and so forth, I figured you could mostly do mostly the same thing and stick a little closer to the same concept originally presented, uh, locking only mental assault behind careers and talents, uh, and while opening mental defense to everyone. It is. It then uh, takes specific training or, or, or an inherent talent in order to use your presence as a weapon in mental assault. But the strong sense of self or will can make anyone capable of defending themselves with mental defense to some extent. You could even leave uh, fear defense and under mental defense uh, as a sort of, since it's a sort of disciplined substitute, as you all stated, rather than moving it to cool what like you wanted. Hmm. Uh, Really, this is sort of a solution then might only add one other skill, one skill, mental assault, which in many ways uh, acts as a specific magic skill 
uh, and renaming discipline to mental defense. They're thematically on par with what you're looking for. Mental assault can be used to uh, like a normal magic skill and so on and so forth. It, it goes in a little bit more, but uh, and he goes as a bonus, Chris's suggestion of knowledge mazes fits thematically and mind map mazes, misdirections, uh, tour as in centaur or minotaur, uh, inception aspects of your setting. Um, you're all describing and the mental battle or manipulation too. just a few thoughts. Hope all is going well. Hope to see some of the stuff you all have been working on, a.k.a. Primordial Machina, Madness Rules, New Settings, so on and so forth, up on the Foundry soon. <laughs> uh, Semper, Semper Fi, Nick Briseño, or Targal. So thank you, Nick, first of all, for writing us and giving yes. us that great – you got my creative juices flowing. Nice. And so well done, I, wanted to, I wanted to cover what I actually did. So what I did was – I. One of the things I noticed that we were tripping over in the show was we kept saying mental attack, mental assault, mental attack, mental assault. We kept messing it up. Uh, me and Stefan both kept saying the wrong thing and meaning the other thing. So I decided, you know what? Let's not call it mental assault. Let's call it more like a hacking getting into somebody's computer. We call it mental intrusion. So go. mental intrusion. Mm-hmm will be our presence-based hacking skill for hacking the mind of another being. Nice. Mm. Uh, by description of it, is, uh, intrusion represents the offensive and destructive uses of mentalism. It covers any attempts at evading the mind of another being. Any mentalist worth the title is going to be good at intrusion. So, only those that have spent a career or have some racial aptitude or have a talent will for it will be able to use this skill nice so that that one's locked behind a few things career rate uh, one of our races now has that as a as a starting skill cool. and um and then or we may create a tier two talent that also lets a person become a mentalist so nice um right and then that's great liked the idea of discipline staying what it is instead of calling it mental defense and saying it does the same things that discipline does Let's just call it mental discipline. It combines Mm -hmm. what discipline already does on top of being the defense role for sysops type roles when defending your mind against psionics or uh, against mental intrusion. Simple as that. Yeah. And lastly, we have knowledge mentalism. So I erased knowledge mazes. However, as a <laughs> consolation prize, there's a little something in here on that. Yeah. So I'm going to read my little bit that I did on that for you guys. Mentalism in its infancy was defined as the simple process of manipulating the mind of another through technological or psionic means. Since its inception, love that word, mm-hmm. eons ago, in the ethereal towers of the cedars, the process of mentalism has grown not only in numbers of practitioners, but also in scope and method. Though prolific and advanced mentalism are so prolific and advanced, comma, mentalism takes a tremendous amount of training, and those that adhere to its processes are in high demand across the universe. So this is the knowledge of mentalism. This is the knowledge that's linked to our um, our two uh, uh, mental discipline and mental intrusion, like you would have for um, computers. The knowledge, the net, that is linked. Yep. So, But also... We wanted it to do something else. So also, 
while invading the minds of intended targets or defending the minds of others is the primary purpose of the mental arts, the creation of mental constructs and mind mazes yeah, baby. <laughs> has become a lucrative trade and is the purvey of the mentalist knowledge. So that's great. Knowledge mentalism will be your crafting skill for creating like computer programs, like ice in, mm. um, yeah, they in ice and ice breakers. Ice breakers, your ice and your ice breakers are going to be those mental constructs. And then mental mind mazes are literally what hold. They are the network that holds the constructs in place. I love it. Nice. That's fun. This is so, going to be fun, man. Yeah. So <laughs> by hacking the hacking rules into mind hacking, we've now got it down, I think. I think. Yeah. I think so too. I think that's that's good. Every iteration we go on this, it's a it's a process. And when all of you out there are creating your own settings, just have an open mind. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> see what I did there. <laughs> you know. And then just you know, discuss it's amazing. It. It's amazing. That's right. It sure is. So, are you happy so. with your participation trophy, Chris? With the mind mazes being a part of this? I love it. I think it's great. Okay. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> and thank you everybody for voting. And since we did have a few fringe votes for lumberjacking, we have some ideas on that when we come to the careers oh, yeah. section of our building, our new setting. Yeah, and you yeah. guys, I hope, will love that. Those of you who are looking for to play a lumberjack. So, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> but that was our listener feedback for this week. Now we're on to something new and special. Everybody, here we have a new segment, part of the show, called Boosting the Signal. And this is where Stefan is going to share all the hot and steamy Genesis news, fresh off the wire, on the Foundry. And then, gonna re- we're gonna, and then he's going to review a project from the Foundry as well. So, what you got there for, Stefan? All right. Thank you, Chris, for that wonderful, <laughs> sexy intro. So, I uh... appreciate that. <laughs> And uh, I have four little elements. Uh, some people are very prolific, uh, it seems, these days. So uh, first off, I want to do a shout-out uh, as a congratulations to uh, Scott Zumwalt. He won the latest uh, Genesis Foundry Spotlight. So people voted for his product, the Something Strange product. Uh, Which is great. Which is great. It's now silver uh, level uh, of sales, which is good. Congratulations to him. He made a quality product. Absolutely, he did. Mm -hmm. And then there's two uh, other little elements that are fairly new uh, in the last week or so. One is called the Monstrum Encyclopedia by Mount Ogden Gaming. They've got two products, and they're going to keep upgrading one product and coming up with some features. One features the Chimera, and the other one is just different types of creatures that he'll, be, he'll just be adding, but it's not just creatures with their blocks, stat blocks. It's what these creatures do. There's a bit of the, an old ecology of, like, another oh, uh, popular awesome. D20 system uh, mm-hmm. does, mm-hmm. with some battle tactics and and, uh, and so forth thrown in. Nice. And 
Uh, a fairly new one is, let's say, additional supplement rules called critical elements. So it expands a bit on the critical hits uh, tables of, uh, of Genesis, as well as adding maybe a bit more a little crunch, let's say, with uh, hit locations if the player wants, or the, the game master and player wants that. So he's figured out a way to, with additional tables of, of figuring out uh, that with also new talents that uh, will help, you know, the, the critical hits kind of aspect of, uh, of the combat. Well, that's cool. So maybe we can go over it another time because there's lots of stuff to go over. But uh, oh, yeah. there are two little products that can uh, flesh out those uh, those aspects. Mm-hmm. And the one we're going to focus on because our show is so-called the Magically Delicious is uh, <laughs> Zenithric's Guide to Magic, again by Scott Zamalt. Uh, he uh, created this uh, guide to expand a bit on magic and explain it maybe a bit better, hopefully, for maybe new new players that maybe are more used to having a source book that has all these spells, you know, uh, already defined in other systems. Well, this, of course, hopefully explains the rules in a more condensed uh, version. It has 21 pages uh, separate into four sections. His introduction, which goes over the basic rules of magic. Some sample spell customizations, new spells, which he, uh, he uh, creates, and then creating implements as well. Sort of a guideline to creating implements, which kind of was missing in the basic book because you you can customize your gear like weapons and armor, but not implements. So creating stuff there. So like I said, uh, at the beginning, you just do a big spell casting overview uh, so you can print these out, let's say, and hand them to your players uh, if they want a quick uh, uh, resume of what uh, what they need to know to know and do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he goes over uh, some spells that he created real quickly uh, for both arcane, divine, and uh, primal. With the different uh, magic actions, for example, magic arrow. It's a basic attack spell. So that one is for arcane. The divine one is basically the same. They just call it smite. But it's basically the same thing. Basic difficulty, what the qualities it has, if any. And, you know, primal is the same thing, a thousand bites. So you can kind of build the same spell over and over, but depending on who cast it, it yeah. can be very different uh, narratively. I like, his, I like the layout of each one of these entries, where he's got, like you said, the difficulty, the qualities yeah. that are added, additional mm-hmm. effects, and then a nice little, what do you call it, like flavor text or flavor trapping. Text. Fl- yeah, Ooh, flavor text. For yeah, exactly. And then the exactly. effect. And then he just goes over the mechanics. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's so awesome. That could be a... Yeah, so a few cool illustrations there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can help a player out. And if he wants to modify a certain spell, mm-hmm. uh, like his magic arrow, well, I want it to be more ranged. Well, okay, yeah. that adds a little bit more difficulty, and that's about it. Yeah, I did. I did have a. I, there was there are a couple of corrections in here that I saw. I didn't. I haven't gone through mm-hmm. every single one, but I noticed mm-hmm. under curse evil eye on page mm-hmm. fifteen, it should be formidable. Should be five instead of daunting. Um, okay. And then um, under heal, called spirits 
strive on page 17, which is the resurrection, um, that should be formidable as well instead of daunting four. So, okay, so maybe a little. Uh, mm-hmm. Just wanted correction. to throw that maybe out there. Scott but could do that if he, yeah, if he ever does a little mm-hmm. correction, you can update his document. Yeah, a little maybe. errata. Yeah, yeah, but not yeah. Too so bad. those were those were. Yeah, this is this is solid, man. I like this. Yeah. I like this. That's it. Even the conjure spell. Let's see for Arcane and Primal. Yeah, I like some of the names. And my axe, or and my bow. <laughs> I know, I know. Those are good. Those are pretty oh, good. Kind of good. With some examples of also for summoning creatures. Yep. So that's always good. Oh yeah. And oh, the page and, numbers. For the, mm-hmm. for the creatures. Oh, and and the goblin. That's actually on page. That's actually the goblin's actually on page one fifty two, instead of page oh. thirteen. There. Oh, so. all right. <laughs> So Which Scott, I love those goblins, oh, man. Those are great. Yeah. <laughs> but though the summon of creatures are those minions, and I like I like how we combine like here are the here are the number of creatures that you can here are the creatures that you can summon. That's it. Uh, like a chart like uh like in the other other D Shift seven D system that uh, has yeah. summon monster spells. So ever list is, is a nice it's there's a nice sidebar for that as well. And speaking of that shift seven D system yeah. Um, looking at this sidebar over here, um, having like the GM be able to approve what creatures you summon. Actually, in fifth edition, D Shift Seven D, the right. GM gets to pick which creature is summoned, ah. not the player. So that okay. might be a little something if you guys are playing with that. That could add an interesting wrinkle to it. A, you know? a setback or uh, a despair? You summon, <laughs> even though you succeed, maybe you didn't summon the right the you, right thing? Yeah, you summon you summon a shark instead mm-hmm. of the um, bobcat that you want, yeah. or whatever, or the saber-toothed tiger. <laughs> she wanted. Yeah, or, or uh, some kind of demon instead of, you know, your, your, your mm-hmm. dire bear. It's like, oh. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think I dialed the wrong number. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Watch me pull something out of my hat. Something like that. And ah. Real quickly, two new magic actions mm-hmm. uh, you described mind and move. So, move is a bit like telekinesis mm-hmm. and some other systems, you know, moving stuff hither and there with the power of your. Your mind or your your magic, and mind, of course, you know, kind of learning and the surface thoughts, uh, yeah, arranging memories, you know, controlling them, charming them, right, uh, right. Can go over that with the different 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 difficulties. Mm. So uh, yeah, and there was something the 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 dominate effect here. Yeah, there's a there's a slip sl- slipper slippery slope. Yes, in our in our um, hobby here, where mm-hmm. when you have a, a GM controlling a PC's actions or mm-hmm. a PC controlling an NPC actions, uh, it could be a little slippery there. And the this dominate effect, I did not see anything taken into account about like the target of this effect. Right. And I know we're going to go into magic a little more, you know, into more detail in our in our main section of the sh- of the show. But um, in under the curse um, section in the core rulebook right. two two thirteen, mm-hmm. it says you know it, when bad like curses that can really take over somebody's mind or whatever, blind them or something, should be opposed checks. 
And I think right. there should be something here with dominate or taking ranks in discipline or I guess resilience, like it says there to do. That's it. Taking into account the, the, the target's you know mental fortitude there. Mm-hmm. That's a difficulty. So yeah. you you could upgrade those purple dice to uh, to challenge dice exactly automatically. If the target there are already, there are already some limitations on this. I mean, he does have it Absolutely. in here. It's not a concentration skill, so you mm-hmm. can't just keep dominating someone from round to round. Exactly. No. Um, exactly. Unless you're constantly rolling mm-hmm. and succeeding. And it's going to be and very I'm, hard to do too. It's going to be very hard mm-hmm. to do for one. I mean, it's impossible to do unless you have an implement or a talent that reduces it. Exactly. There, there we go. That's a very important um, point too. Yeah. And well, then it. the last part of it is you've got to you it says right in the wording here of dominate that you must define what you want them to do when you're casting the spell so you can't just you know oh i'm gonna make them do uh something on their on their turn i'm gonna make them do something and then wait to see what happens no they're going you know they have to and i think if you're gonna i honestly think if you're gonna make the uh, if you're a player and you're making an, an adversary do something yeah Adversary ranks should come into play always. Oh yeah, I think so. so. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's it. You know. Yeah, and you. Yeah, you can't just send a blanket message like I'm going to dominate him and pe- leave it at that. It's like no, I'm right. going to give him a message, a message to his mind saying, "Turn around and walk at the end of that pier and jump off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jump in that shark-infested water." That's it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And then, and then, um, what my um, what my dungeon master did to mm-hmm. my one of my characters j- just like the other day was he said, "Okay, you failed this. You want to protect this person getting attacked by your party. Do yeah. what you're gonna do. Leave it up yeah. to like you said earlier, Tony. Um, before we started the show, leave it up to the p- player to decide." Right. And act, have them act like they're going to act in that situation. Character act in that situation. That's in the case good. of what the one time I have dominated someone in Genesis, uh, it was a a, a, a few, uh, mm-hmm. our last, no, second to last um, game of Terranoth that we played where a, a dagger possessed uh, one of the players. And I just recruited well, her to my One side. of the characters. I said, because yes, Jen did what she, her character did, holy crap, she'd right. be in jail. Yeah. I just recruited her to my side. I said, hey, Jen, you're on my team now. Come on over That's here. Right. Okay. <laughs> exactly. And try to kill these guys. <laughs> she, she still gets to decide how she's going to go about yeah. it. But And then what she chose to do, holy crap. Jen, that <laughs> was great. Story. That, that's yeah. a whole other story, but that was great. So, anyway, all right, sorry, yeah, Stefan, is, we derailed no, you there. We no, no, it's fine. And then, uh, then he's got his other magic action move, which, like I said, mm-hmm. is telekinesis. It's fairly straightforward. Definitely, uh, you can move additional targets, larger targets, uh, faster. Uh, you may select unwilling or secure targets, so uh, a bit more difficult, but something that you know is, is anchored. And then, te- actually, teleport. It actually adds you can the, teleport uh, it to you. That's yeah. awesome. Right. <laughs> so, That's great. That's pretty sweet. Exactly. And then he adds a new magic skill if you want in your setting. A bit like our uh, Epsilon Eclipse where we use psy- psionics. There's no magic. Yeah. There's no arcane. This is, they call it psychic. Yep. So he describes it as being uh, 
a neat way of introducing maybe move and mind. Uh, they they have access not to all the actions. They can do attack, barrier, and utility, as well as of course mind and move. Mm-hmm. Not all the other ones. They can't heal. They can't you know right. uh, conjure uh, anything. So. Right. That's a short description of psychic. You can expand on it at your, your, your own leisure if you want. Yeah. And then a short description on uh, how to create custom implements. So if you're not happy with just scepters and staffs and rings, this can help. Like even a psychic could have – could be technological implement, like a, some kind of circlet around his head that amplifies his psionic oh, abilities. Yeah. Uh, it, can, it doesn't have to be a magic. It can be something that's you know, a crystal – that's created by the Gaul in Stargate. You yeah. know, it looks like <laughs> magic, true. but it's it looks like jewelry, or it could actually look like high-tech stuff that you see sometimes maybe in uh, Japanese animation. Right. <laughs> I must say, this creating custom implements, he mm-hmm. he hit the... He, this is perfect. This is great. And it's only like... It's less than a page. And the information well, here yeah. is so, so good that exactly. it'll just help you create... You know, ignoring a difficulty, ignoring two difficulty, and the X, you know, mm-hmm. times four, it looks like he has a multiplier of four of those. Um, the the cost of it to create yeah, a magic like for, implement. For yeah. example, you know, like an, an implement, the, the magic staff would cost you the base uh, 250 because it does add plus four damage. It also ignores one difficulty for range. Mm-hmm. So you would add 250 plus 150. And that would be the right. cost to create a, a staff implement. Yeah. Well done. Oh. Very cool. Good job, so Scott. So, yep, yeah, thank Scott, you. well done, man. So, so apart from uh, those little, disc, little maybe discrepancies of difficulties and page numbers, uh, very good job. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, those little errors can sneak in no matter what. You know, yeah. Oh, definitely. It's not a big deal. I like the fact that his introduction seems to be from the... Uh, from a character called Zenithrix, and I can imagine that being an ancient dragon or oh, an yeah. ancient elf like Elrond. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought mm-hmm. of Volo when I started reading the side start of it. I'm yeah. like, oh, this is kind of like a Volo's thing. Hey, here's what you're gonna do. You. And when he describes the two new powers, yeah, one of the uh, towards the end. Oh, um, here are the secrets of the mind and how they they can make your thoughts tangible. Many have sought these secrets, but few have unlocked them. Now, and. I now open them up to you because, oh, let's just see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's good. That's a yes, cool little First-person point of view there is awesome. Yeah, oh, that's it. it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I love it. There we go. So there we go. So thank you for that. And hopefully, Tony? Yep. Uh, well, creators and Foundry Masters, uh, we hope that Stefan has boosted the signal. And at least one of our tens of listeners goes out and buys your product. Uh, stay tuned. We'll have more boosting the signal in the future. Thank you. Thank you for this new segment. <laughs> You're welcome, buddy. Welcome to 50 Pieces of Awesome. This is where our good friend Chris goes out and scours the interwebs for something user-created fun. And you've got something new for us this week, buddy. What you got? Oh, I got something new. Which was actually posted, it looks like, yesterday by Seebeck. 
it's a it's a Genesis RPG fan site that has a gear creation and price app on it. You can go to uh, genesisrpg.netlify.com. I'll have the link to it in the in the show notes here. Um, and you can go create some armor. And I'll tell you, he said that you know this just this is a work in progress. But as it is, it's very intuitive, very clean user interface, and pretty slick. Um, so for your armor, you could choose your options on your armor. You could choose the soak, the defense, whether it's reinf. Then there's other options like reinforced, has extra hard points, rein- you know, reduced encumbrance. And then these suggest at the very top of this page um, a suggested price, a suggested encumbrance, and suggested hard points for your armor. And this is slick. And then you could go um, do a weapon as well. You could create a weapon. Um, and you choose your options for the weapon, uh, what skill it uses, what range does it have, um, the damage that it has. And he's got a little checkbox here. Um, and clicking on it gives, makes it a brawn-based damage, which is like, say, plus two, plus three, whatever. Um, you could select your crit rating. And then there's a list of all the item qualities, which is fan frickin' tastic. And then the output of this, again, gives you a suggested price for the weapon. Um, there is a lot of potential here for this, which is slick. Very cool. What do you guys think? Yeah. Oh, I like it. This is great. I just went through and uh, <laughs> I just thought, you know what? I'm going to try making something. So I was making a piece of... A, a weapon, and I'm like, I'm gonna choose to make a brawl weapon, and I want it to be like this really big gauntlet that does a shitload of damage. And I got it's in brawl weapon, it's engaged range, it's plus three brawn, brawn plus three. It's got a crit rating of four, which you know, uh, mm-hmm. and then and then I think I gave it breach and sunder and inaccurate and prepare one. What was no, the price? Six hundred. Perfect. There you go. That's that is awesome. I ended up I ended up commenting on uh, making a suggestion on the um, on in the thread where he posted this, where uh, the item qualities here you could kind of filter them on what skill you choose. Now I know some item quality or have a checkbox to turn on that filter because mm-hmm. you know hey you know why why shouldn't my knuckle dusters have the blast quality. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, if you want, <laughs> but um, this is slick. I like it. I can't wait yeah, for this. Easy to use for what you're going to be doing next. What you're going to be adding onto this, Seabeck. Oh yeah, this is pretty and awesome. being able to like export that into like a stat block for a weapon and name it would be even like better. There you so, go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Throw that PDF card kind of thing. Something you can screenshot. Mm-hmm. You know, send to your players. Yeah, whatever. yeah, and I, I, I also asked like, what kind of enhancements are you thinking of doing? Again, work in progress, but right. this is I, I needed to mention that today for fifty good pieces starting of awesome. point. Yeah, I know I've been do, we've been doing a lot of, you know, PDFs and a lot of fan created stuff. We've done a couple like another a couple other websites before, and you know, here's a website that he's creating. That's great. Very yeah. well done. Very mm-hmm. mm-hmm. good. Well, there you go. See back. Uh, for your work in progress, you've got 50 pieces of awesome from all of us. Hopefully, that'll help maybe build some more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. 
Alright everybody, welcome back to the Books of Genesis section of the show, where we, um, we're going to be talking about magics and all the new stuff coming on. So everybody, open up your Books of Genesis. Thank you, Stefan. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we, we're going to be touching the core rulebook on page 210. Realms of Tirnoth on page 115, and the Expanded Player's Guide on page 98. Um, so what, what we're, I'm going to go over a quick quick overview of what we're going to be going over here. So magic. We're going to be going over magic skills. We're going to go over um, you know the narrative and structured uses of the magic actions and what those are. Um, we're going to go over the narrative uses of each type of magic magics you can cast um then we're gonna talk about the magic actions and maneuvers and we we, we're gonna build a spell we're gonna create an example spell um using the new um what do you call the new actions that are in the uh, expanded player's guide and then we're gonna talk about ways to make those magic actions a little easier with implements and talents so what magic skills do we have, gentlemen, in the core rulebook? Who wants to run? I'll kick that off. You want to kick right, it Tony. off? Go for it, dude. Yeah. So in the core rulebook, we have three magic skills. Arcane, Primal, and Divine. Mm-hmm. Uh, arcane is your magic mage. Um, it is also the uh, one you're going to use if you're only going to have just plain magic in your setting. Yep. Uh, if you if you just have, oh, you're going to be a ma- you're going to have minor magics, just like I think, like a like a nineteen twenties Cthulhu esque, you know. There you go. You're just gonna have Arcana. That's it. Which is you're linked not gonna to have your, all the other ones. Which is linked to intellect. Is right? linked to your intellect and primal, these, these which these is linked skills, to your cunning. The skills are on page seventy, by the way, just to let you know. Okay. Yeah, <clears throat> primal, which is linked to your cunning, is more of like nature. It's your druid magic. It's your your shamans. It's, your shamans. Mm-hmm. it's it's all those. The spirit magic. Mm-hmm. Hippie then, dippy stuff. Yeah, the hippie magic. And then Heatra. the very last Heatra one magic. <laughs> is divine, which is willpower based, which is your, um, it is your d- God-given magic. It's what your clerics or your priests would have mm-hmm. in any fantasy setting. Yep. Um, Templars, then, paladins. Yeah. And then we have a couple of other ones that came out in Terranoth. Mm-hmm. Stefan. What are those? Well, we what have two. Okay. Yeah, Turnoff gives us uh, verse and rune. Mm-hmm. And verse is basically your your performers, your bards. Mm-hmm. So they use magic through their voice, their uh, musical talent, instruments, performance. Uh, so that would be one way of do, of, of them using magic. And, and rooms, the, which yeah. are... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying that versus presence-based. Yeah, and, yeah and, definitely your personality, mm-hmm. big personality, like bards in another yeah. system. And those are on are page 83 in Realms of Tirnoth. They have, like, the, the three, the list of three. Right. So, And then runes, which is a special Tirnoth uh, as well, kind of magic where basically you have to inscribe runes uh, or use... A, the rune stones that are part of the the, the setting. 
that allows them to use them in different ways other than just what the rune says. They can temporarily rewrite the runes to uh, modify uh, the, the rune stone and their effects. Yeah, that's a cool concept. I like it. I like. And that's intellect base, also, right? Yes, that one's intellect base. Yes, because you have to know a lot about the runes, which were created by the dragons, uh, and then stolen or taken, Mm -hmm. uh, copied by the dwarves. (laughs) That's right. Depending on who you believe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's that. (laughs) Given to. That's right. (laughs) Given to. Yeah, given to. So yeah, so those are those are the skills that you would that you would add to your setting or um, or in a setting like Realms of Tirnoth that you would use to cast cast your spells. So how the heck? What are spells? What do we, how do we cast spells, gentlemen? What's next? Well, you, you have to be a spell caster. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, that means that you uh, what a spell being a spell caster means is if your character does not have at least one rank in a magic skill, they cannot attempt to use magic. Period. Exactly. Unlike unlike stealth. If I don't have any ranks in stealth, I could still hide. Not everybody can sing like Stefan no. and I. Ho 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 no, that's it. right and <laughs> and be our verse bards, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you also have to have a big pointy hat, a long staff, a big beard, and, and, show up, and then show up whenever you mean to, right? That's it. <laughs> yeah, so that's what it is. You got to have a rank. Got to have a rank in one of those five magic skills to, to mm-hmm. do it. And Makes like sense. we talked about at the top of the show with our listener mm-hmm. feedback, those are locked behind careers, yep, uh, mm-hmm. racial abilities in some settings, and mm-hmm. in. Uh, in 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 Terranoth, we have examples of some of them that are locked behind talents. Now, what do you mean by locked behind? Meaning they, them, I can't purchase a rank in it. You cannot just buy a rank in it. There nope. you go. Okay. Yep. And that makes magic special. You know, more. Well, you know, it. It, it makes it unique. It makes it hard. It makes it an investment, right? Mm-hmm. To to be able you have to, to be that. part of that career or mm-hmm. have that talent as part of it. Yep. To unlock it, to be able to, to get yeah. it. And you got this, we have this this sidebar here. Yeah, and that's basically what I was talking about. You're gonna, yep, go ahead. Yeah, this uh, it's called learning magic. Mm-hmm. And magic skills are potent and incredibly versatile. Although we suggest rules restricting the training of magic skills. As the GM, you might want to consider imposing additional in-game requirements. That's kind of cool. Not al- so, uh, you know... Not only does this add more challenge for PCs seeking such power, but it provides an opportunity to underscore the rarity of the power of magic and to illustrate how it fits into your setting. So a character with who wants to advance in thaumaturgy might be required to abide by the rules of a religious order to receive the training. Mm-hmm. Or your would-be wizard might have to seek out a tutor in order to teach him mm-hmm. skills. Right. Those are things that you can do in-game. To limit yeah. power in a in a setting where where you want to limit magic use, right. yeah. like like well the Warhammer setting, right? Yeah. Magic is you have to be from a college. You had to have studied at the work at the at the College of Magic, and if right. you're casting it without that, you're considered a hedge wizard, and the witch hunters will come get you. So you can have something along those lines make it more dangerous. Not only yeah. casting spells because it might blow up in your face, but if somebody knows you're a magic user or a wizard or whatever, 
That could be yeah, the equivalent bad of, too. The equivalent of, yeah, the equivalent of being unlicensed because you're basically wielding exactly. immense power, mm-hmm. basically rocking around with a bazooka <laughs> that you can't be disarmed. Mm. So it's like, no, we want to control you, or at least know where you are. And <laughs> exactly. Another it's setting where the structure dream. of learning magic is a huge part of that setting would be if someone was playing in a homebrewed Harry Potter setting. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, where where yeah. structured learning of magic is is a, a thing, Incur- and you can limit mm-hmm. even the different spell types that people learn uh, yeah. as they go and graduate mm-hmm. in yeah. such. So right. people specialize in certain types, and then even then, they always need that wand as a focus. That's right. Okay. Disarm them. It's like you know they're pretty much. If they do cast any spells, it's much much more difficult. Mm-hmm. And and then you could limit it to the types of magic. You can only if you've um, learned, say, arcane, divine, primal are not available to you. That's up to you mm-hmm. all. You know if you wanted to do that. Yeah, no multi-classing basically. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Now there are other things that provide penalties to casting. And we have a chart here on page 210, yep. table 2-3, mm-hmm. that goes over all those penalties. You want to go over them, Chris? Sure. Yeah. So what we have here is um, you'll get a setback die if you don't have at least one hand free. Um, because it'd have like that, what, somatic component where you got to do your finger wiggling. If you can't wiggle your fingers, you can't cast. Mm-hmm. Likewise, if you can't speak... And it requires speech. You'll get two setback dice for that. If you're wearing, <laughs> that's right. If you want to wear the pauldrons that that what's his name wore in like the Dungeons and Dragons movie, you're gonna get setback die because you're wearing too heavy armor. And this mm-hmm. is this would be heavy armor is considered armor with at least two silk, or if you're carrying a shield, um, yeah. or other restrictive outfits. Hmm. I'll let Stefan think. Like a straight jacket. Like a straight jacket. There you go. Straight jacket. <laughs> or you're gagged and bumped right there, Stefan. Well, that would, well, that but would, that, be, but that would impose one setback. If you, it would be the two setbacks if you're, if you're gagged. That's true. But one setback if you're wearing <laughs> heavy armor, carrying a shield, yeah. or if you're in a straight jacket. Um, <laughs> uh, and then there's also... And this is where it really gets into really fun stuff where the GM can do, kind of at their discretion, upgrading the difficulty once or more um, if you're in circumstances where it's hard to concentrate, whether you're swimming, whether you're hanging from a rope, whether you're in a sandstorm, mm. whether you're fighting in hand-to-hand combat, hitting, trying to cast on somebody who you're not fighting with right. in hand-to-hand combat or something like that, so you're very distracted or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Or if you're in a blizzard, like if I go outside and try and cast a spell, it's going to be pretty hard. Because well, it's it. cold or, as hell out you know, there. If you're not properly attired, like, you know, you don't have your pointy hat and big beard and staff. <laughs> well, see, there you go. You, you're not fitting the role. You can make no, that. If, you're not fitting, if you don't look like the role, then you can't, <laughs> you can't do it. It's more difficult. <laughs> If you look like uh, you are a harsh GM, yeah, yes. <laughs> if you look just like Apu in the Quickie Mart, no. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's also uh, so the next thing we have here, um, there are narrative using magic in narrative encounters, mm-hmm. and this kind of goes into 
um, whether you're not in like a structured combat versus like narrative encounters as well. But there was some a couple of highlights here on page 211 that I wanted to, to mention. There are two um, imp- very important things. Mechanic-wise, when you cast a spell it require, that requires a check, you suffer two strain after resolving the check. Now this is after resolving the check, and this is whether this, the uh, whether it succeeds or not. And the reason why I say two strain after resolving the check, you will not be able to use those advantage to heal that two strain during that same casting, right? So after you've cast it, but if you, but if this is the second round of combat and you suffered two strain from a from um, a spell you cast the previous round, you can. Do that yeah, if you, you all follow you me. Cover those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I agree. Yeah, and, and the other- cover strain uh, accrued previous to casting the spell, basically. Right, and there's another thing just above this, which is bolded and high highlighting. This kind of gets your mind into the the narrative aspects of casting spell. It says one good guideline for magic, however, is that accomplishing something through the use of magic should be rarely as easy as accomplishing the same task using the skill designed for it. For instance, if you want to use something like a... If you want to move the, a key across... or your lock picks across the hallway to pick a lock mm-hmm. as, a, as a magic user, finger wiggling magic user, it's going to be more difficult. Skullduggery check. Right. right. It's going to be more difficult than a skullduggery check. To unlock and the, and the rule okay. of thumb as a GM mm-hmm. is to make that one more difficult. But yeah. sometimes it may be there may be a case to make it two mm-hmm. if you're trying mm-hmm. to do something really outside the box, right? right. Or an automatic right. upgrade if it can be risky. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what yeah. I mean, you're disarming the bomb with magic. Oh, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Don't need a story point there. Just flip one of those purple to red. <laughs> yeah. We go before yeah. we get into the narrative uses of all of these spells. Mm-hmm. There is one more thing that we should cover, and that is that magic has its own set of uses for threat and despair. Oh yeah. Yes. These are nice. And that's a chart on page two eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Just a single threat, or even a triumph, can be down. You know, can be used on this. Or despair. Or sorry, despair. Sorry, Um, (laughs) a single threat causes uh, the magical energies exhaust them, causing them to suffer two strain or a wound. The controlling player's choice. There we go. So that's yeah. um, This this took some of your energy. um, Yeah. More than you thought. Mm-hmm. Or it's not only it it affects those around you, and as a single threat, you add a boost or a setback die. Geez, I'm getting them all backwards today. <laughs> to any attempts to cast spells of allied spellcasters in the area, that's nice until the end of your next turn. Yeah. How how long have you been uh, playing the narrative dice system? <laughs> exactly. I've been talking longer, and I still can't get that right. So. <laughs> This is the one I've actually used on you, Tony. This next one, two threat. Spell doesn't take effect until the start of the next round. Or or yeah. it says a minute in narrative gameplay, right? It kind of right. delays. It doesn't go the spell doesn't go off. 
you know, for a little while. It's like, because I still want to kick your ass. And <laughs> what do you mean the door's not me? locked? What do you mean the door's still locked? Wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> I do like the other one, which is kind of the opposite of what you just said, Tony. The last one you said was until the end of the encounter, enemy spellcasters had a booze die when casting a spell. So you'll um you boost the enemy's spell casting. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's then, pretty awesome. And then uh what what's three threat or despair gonna do, Stefan? Yeah. Oh, oh there's a bit more uh, nasty stuff that can happen. Uh for three threat, the spell is slightly more powerful than effect than, than expected. One character of the GM's choice is targeted or otherwise affected by the spell as well. That's always fun. So, so yeah, your attack spell not only hits uh, an enemy, but oh, you're an ally also gets blowback. <laughs> or That's right. all or all other spellcasters and creatures attuned to magic energies within a day's travel become aware of the character and depending on their disposition, may be very interested in finding them and doing them harm. <laughs> I've used that one on you guys. I did that with uh, the, the Terranoth group. You sure did. <laughs> yeah, there's a, big, there's a powerful spellcaster, and I'm hungry for magic right now. That's right. <laughs> Let's now, go. The, yeah, go ahead, t- Tony. This next one is I, this, the despair. The single yeah. despair. That's a, a single despair. The character overexerts themselves and loses their magical connection and is unable to cast spells for the rest of the encounter or narrative scene. That's that is brutal to do to a caster, <laughs> yeah. especially considering like some people. Like I know we have a certain player in our group that uh, is really really focused on casting spells, and when you take that ability <laughs> away from them, mm-hmm. they can got shit they can do. Like, I'm going to just stand here and swing a knife. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <Johnny> one shot? <laughs> do, you, do you have well, a ranged weapon? I am a ranged weapon, <laughs> but not anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm a glass uh, cannon that's outside of ammo. <laughs> and then the GM picks the target of the character's spell. If the mm-hmm. caster is an NPC, the controlling player picks the target of the spell instead. Oh, so I've so had nasty. a player decide when I when I cast a despair uh, as a as a GM. I had a player decide, you know what? He's going to target all of his minions and directly in front of him with that instead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, he just killed all of his minions. Fuck. <laughs> nice. Oh, so, so the, the the two ideas here for double despairs. Oh my gosh. Uh, the first so one. nasty. Go ahead, Chris. Is, I mean, character completely loses control of the magical energies or just draws the the wrath of their deity, suffering a crit. <laughs> you get a crit by casting a spell. And then yeah. um, it could take, the at the DM's discretion, of course, could, it, could take the form of a hilarious misfortune, maybe temporarily being turned into a woodland creature, <laughs> which is hilarious. Being struck by lightning on a clear day. You just freaking get hit by lightning. That's um, swap bodies with somebody. Bodies. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Uh, that would be so fun. And then the other one. The light. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go no, no, go ahead, Stefan. So just seeing the lightning you know, on a clear day, it's like, oh, I think Zeus is displeased with me. Exactly. <laughs> or even some, yeah, exactly. Or even summon the avatar of Zeus. Going, hey boy, you shouldn't have done that. 
And then mm-hmm. this last one is kind of near and dear to my heart because my little uh, D Shift 7D Barbarian the week mm-hmm. ago survived a Staff of the Magi being broken at ground mm-hmm. zero. Right. So he survived like 800 points of damage. And, Ow. You know, that's not wounds, it's damage, but that was so sweet. So, yeah, so to, dis- to despair, you could break somebody's implement. You could break their yeah. magical item or whatever. Just completely destroyed. And it's you definitely destroyed. want to do some wounds yep, to that's him. That's it. Small little mushroom club. Right? Yep. <laughs> just hold, holding the little handle of his wand. Like, oh my God. <laughs> and maybe. During advantageous threats tonight, we can do pick something off of this table. <laughs> Maybe, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, let's hope because that's always good. right on. So, so we t- want to get mm-hmm. break down those narrative uses now, right? Yes. Yeah. So what kind of what kind of stuff can we cast? What kind of spells can we cast? What types are there? Who wants well, to there's take that different, one? There's different actions, yes, that we can uh, use magic for. The most common ones in the, uh, of course, in the uh, book of Genesis, core book, we've got attack. These are just very generic names, of course. Uh, attack, augment, barrier, conjure, curse, dispel, heal, and utility. Exactly. Well, let's pick mm-hmm. a couple of these. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, Some of them are fairly... Straightforward. Go ahead, Tony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's pick a couple of these and talk about their narrative uses. Yes, I think I think a good one to start with would be augment. Yes, um, that's augment a nice spells, flavor. That could be a nice flavorful one, definitely. That's one where you know, a lot of times you'll have players who are tempted to just continue to augment throughout all narrative encounters. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But um, uh, your buff spells, basically. Yeah, <laughs> but when. Did, so when you determine the effect of an augment spell, uh, you you can see the actions over on the other side. And of course, you and your players may want to try something not covered by those effects, such as temporarily repairing a weapon, so That's that cool. can, you can continue to wield it. In this case, you set a difficulty uh, by looking at the difficulty to repair the item. That's cool. And then add one to it. So. Yeah. Right, following what Chris said earlier, that try to do something with magic as opposed to doing it with an actual regular skill is always a bit more difficult. So instead of using your mechanics, right. skill, mm-hmm. using but magic. Even, but even the, yeah, and then you can you can help somebody. So with augment, you can help somebody out. Like if they're climbing a wall, or if they're um, uh, keeping like your horses galloping and going through, you could just narratively say, "Yeah, I'm going to augment." You know the horses, yeah, and we're going to keep keep going. Yeah, their endurance, and they can. Mm-hmm. And or each you're one of these going to give a player like the ability to climb up walls. That's still yeah. something that would be covered by augment. You know, given someone mm-hmm. like the spider climb ability, so to speak. Exactly. Um, and yeah, whenever you're these... trying to improve uh, their capabilities in some way, in some fashion. Exactly. And each one of these types. Vision. Yeah, and in each one of these types of spells like that that Stefan listed has a magic skill associated to it associated with it so arcane a them, you yeah. a couple of them do so arcane you can't augment somebody with arcane but divine and primal skills you can now that's just yeah. what they say here you can you can you can you don't have to follow this but they've created 
um, this list with linked um, magic skills to kind of balance them out. So you wouldn't be able to heal with Arcana, but you can with Primal and Divine. Was it that? That would be in a setting where you have multiple types of spellcasters. If you're just like Tony was saying, a setting that only uses arcane, maybe there, that one skill can use all the t- different types of actions. Right. But mm-hmm. might, right. there might be some other conditions in your in your world. You know, exactly. uh, if you're running a kind of East Texas university, well, yeah, you can use all kinds of magics, but you need a spell book. That could be one limiter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's yes. all kinds of limiters out there. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I want to talk about when I'm talking about the narrative uses of Augment is that originally in the core rulebook it said if you wanted to turn someone invisible or make them fly, Augment would be the way you do it, and the difficulty would be of at least hard difficulty. Mm-hmm. However, we can scratch invisible off that list because we now have a new uh, mm-hmm. magic ability mm-hmm. in the expanded player's guide called mask which covers that and it's one of the narrative uses of that skill now specifically to uh, turn someone invisible as well as one of the active use active action uses structured combat uses nice right yeah so that's your illusion so mass spells create illusions of light and sound so that's exactly what that is yep. skills you linked to it is just arcana yeah, that, right. they, yeah, that's your, this is your illusions, your illusionist, if you want to create one. That's it. Cool. There's nothing that says you can't augment someone by making them shadowy. Exactly. And that, so yeah. you could have a primal character, or maybe primal character, who's making someone camouflaged. Which exactly. is practical invisibility. You know, you turn them into the predator camouflage. Well, there you yeah. Go. yeah, or or their image is blurry, and the, they're actually five feet away from their actual de- That's right. position. <laughs> or if somebody like say um, so say if like Tony's character is, is is we're in this social encounter or whatever right? I might want to mask him and kind of give him a nice glow and backlight him right? With mask. Would I use mask for that? Yeah. Oh. Yeah just like your just like your camera there's filters for that. Make That's him look right. more beautiful. <laughs> Incorporate his presence. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe if you're um or if you're bard, right, might be playing a mm-hmm. song using verse from Realms of Tirnoth, give himself a spotlight. Beep, you know, do like some do do like a light show, right? Up in the tavern. <laughs> and <laughs> that is one sweet. thing. Um the those spells in the core or the spell actions and the spell narrative uses in the core rule book, you also have to check Terranoth when you're mm-hmm. looking at the what they can do because there is a chart on page 115 that covers mm-hmm. what all of the ones in Terranoth can use, and Verse can also augment. Oh, it can. Um, okay. And that right. would be Good. the uh, Magic Skills and Actions chart, t- table 218. Yep. Um, and that just covers, what expands upon <laughs> right. what's in the core rulebook mm-hmm. on what ones can do what. Oops, excuse me. So it doesn't include the new three new ones, but I'm sure we'll get some guidance from ffg on that oh, um, exactly i would think you would be able to mask with verse come on create yourself a light show s- light and sound come on man you totally need to Maybe. do that with the bard you mean jolly spice paul that's right <laughs> <laughs> well that's neither here nor there exactly but, uh, you guys got one you want to bring up Stefan? how about you is there one that you like that you want to talk about the narrative what? uses of 
narrative use, well, some can be pretty cool. Like, I mean, you're conjuring. If you need a specific tool, but you don't have it, even if it's not in combat, you know, uh, you need a particular, you know, a wrench. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Whether yeah. it could be something like that. Uh, I just need a, a new tool because, you know, your fighter just broke his sword. Well, there's no blacksmith around. Well, summon another sword. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Yeah, okay. you know, I like I like I like the utility spell, the use, the utility type because th- there's so and this this is basically whatever doesn't fit everywhere else fits in utility, and they're or they're like your little minor effects. Like maybe you would be able to use utility to cast that light on yourself while you're you know playing your mandolin okay, or whatever. Right. That's my back writing lighting. <laughs> there, utility. There it is. Yeah, that's what it would be. It'd be utility. And then um, it'd be an easy check, it says, right? A check to cast a utility spell should always be easy. Um, unless it seems too easy for the things you want to accomplish. You know? Um, yeah, mm, so it's... Light, yeah. Lighting candles real quickly, cleaning yourself off of some mud. Uh, mm-hmm. You probably wouldn't yeah. need a, ca- a check for that. You just kind of do yeah. it. You know, because... Yeah, yeah. Those won't be cast in combat anyway. Like, you know, just, yeah. you know, I, I just want to season this. Right. Because this potato salad, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I like utility because it's, you know, it's, it's, you, you're not really using it in combat. It's more of your, more narrative uses and, well, yeah. utility uses of things. Right. The cantrips, and, you know. Yeah, but you would okay. use magic for little things, you know. Okay. And make the broom a to sweep up the, uh, the front stoop. <laughs> so, like, if I'm, a, so if my, my, my finger wiggling wizard is in a library mm-hmm. and he's, old and he doesn't want to get up to get a book yeah he'll just use utility and levitate that okay. that that book of necromancy over to his over to the desk that he's studying at because he needs to you know he wants to become younger or become a lich yeah. or whatever <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want he wants to do right well that's it it wouldn't be covered under the new action of move because it's he's not doing it in combat it's like just in his study it's simple so don't right. bo- you don't bother mm-hmm so let's see here. So, do we want to talk about these the narrative uses of these three the the new types of spells, the three new ones? Yeah, let's let's. Unfortunately, poor Stefan doesn't have his EPG yet. Not oh, yet. It's been oh. shipped, but it's still at the post office box. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so he gets to learn alongside our listeners. There we go. Exactly. I will act as the pupil and, I, and ask mm-hmm. lots of stupid questions. <laughs> right. So I'll start with mask. If you don't sure. mind, Chris, go for it, dude. Um, so, mask. This creates illusions of light and sound. These can be images of people, creatures, and objects. Um, so, alternatively, the caster can also wrap illusions around themselves or someone else, masking their appearance or, or with a different countenance. The illusions may look fearsome or beguiling or repugnant, but they're simply phantasms with no form or substance, and they cannot mm. interact with the real world in any way. Mm-hmm. So when you use mask in a narrative situation, you first to check the mechanical rules of page ninety nine uh, for uh, casting the spell, and that's that's in the in the expanded player's guide. That's the the chart, mm-hmm. um, and see which what effects are listed there, and then you can use the listed difficulties to figure out how hard the spell should be. I'll remember that mask spells only create illusions. And can merely alter what the eyes and ears, eyes see and ears hear, 
I was going to say what eyes and ears hear, see, but I guess that would be dumb. <laughs> and and maybe what the nose smells. And what that means by maybe is that you actually have to, in order for uh, you to actually have it affect the sense of smell or the sense mm. of taste or the sense of touch, you have to add, add the realism effect. Gotcha. Uh, which, which uh, is, is a single difficulty. Yeah, single difficulty, yep. So to make it more realistic and have it affect one of those other senses, you mm-hmm. uh, you gotta you gotta crank it up a notch. Well, there kind of reminds me of uh, the glamour type of magic that the fey creatures would have. You know. Oh yep. yeah. And, or you you would use that to create an illusion of a carpet over a pit trap. <laughs> there you go. So the average or beginning difficulty for um, mask spells is two average difficulty. And then you go up from no, there. Is it? Yep. Oh. Could you could you, you create multiple images of yourself Tony, uh, you with this that? kind of spell? I see that in the uh, page 100 under the uh, structural effects. That's, it looks like it was easy. Structural uses? Nope. Well, that's illusions. Well, if you go back one page, what's Oh, easy? sorry, it is the easy. The default difficulty is Yeah, easy. my bad. I read something wrong. Um, the what difficulty is easy by default. The difficulty of spotting the illusions is, if someone suspects <gasps> they may be in the air, is, is an average vigilance check. Or perception. Or and yeah. if they're aware or suspicious of it, it could be an average perception check. There we go. All right. My that's bad. Cool. I read no, the wrong good. one. That's all good. All right. Sweet, dude. Well, I'll, t- I'll let you take the next two. Next two. Mm-hmm. Now we can go back and forth. It's all good. So predict is the next one, which is linked to arcana or divine. And oh yeah, and mask course, is arcana only. Sorry. Oh yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. Um, and so predict. Yeah, this is your prophecy. This is foreshadowing, looking into the future. Um, you know, like uh, it doesn't use if you you've got a good GM, you're not going to give them. The entire future. Um, you'll give them bits and pieces and have them put it together. And if they fail to check, you can still give them information. It just won't be right. <laughs> or if it's, or if you generate a bit of threat or whatever, it might not be right. So when you're oh, wanting, yeah. yeah. So when you want to use this in a narrative way, um, you're looking into the future. Say for the next day would be an average difficulty. If you wanted to look ahead. Um, like to the next month, you can increase the difficulty to hard. The next year would be daunting. And then really anything beyond that would be like formidable or whatever. It's like that, that would be one of those things where it's like, okay, so when am I going to die? How am I going to die? Those kinds of things. <laughs> well, spend the story point, make a formidable prediction right. check. And you know what? I'll let you know. <laughs> and you know what? As a DM or GM, I will make sure that happens in that way. Right? And I like the last line in the narrative description. Yeah, it's a significant amount of threat or despair may make the prophecy especially inscrutable or vague. Make that shit cryptic. Cryptic yeah, as hell. Cryptic <laughs> as hell. They need to get like the, the yeah. cryptonomicon or whatever like that to freaking <laughs> figure that sh- prophecy out, right? I want to spend the... weeks deciphering this omen. What the hell? Oh, your middle name is Nostradamus? Okay, yeah. No, you won't be able to figure this out. Either. No. <laughs> Um, and would would this predict action also maybe include other little abilities that will allow you to, let's say, oh, I don't know, 
scry or have the ability of clairvoyance to see in other yes, places? Those I are, do believe so. Those are those upgrades on it. Let's go. So let's go to the um, that be something? the structure part. uses. Yes. Let's so see. Yeah, what do you got? The go ahead, different structure uses the the stuff. very second one. Scrying instead nice. of making a question about events, the character may learn the location of one silhouette zero item within long range. They must know what the item is that they are looking for before they cast right. the spell. And what the spell does not reveal is how to get through the obstacles, such as locked doors, hidden passages, or traps along the way. So nice. where are my damn keys? Where are I left exactly. my keys? <laughs> it's the find your keys spell. <laughs> there you go. So basically, so the basic, um, so the basic difficulty, the default difficulty for making a predict check, is mm. is average, and this will allow you to. Um, you can ask one question about the events that will unfold within the next 24 hours. Um, mm. This isn't, it's not, you can't use concentration on this. Okay. And there, the first entry onto that table, though, the additional effects is what's called quicksilver reflexes. So instead of asking a question about events, you can add two successes to the results of any initiative check you make. Oh, okay. um, during so, the next structured encounter that you participate in, so if you're in this narrative, if you're narratively using it and you want to predict what's coming on, instead of asking a question about it, you can just add two to your initiative roll or right. whatever, so you, which is cool. So you see, so you sort of are ready for the next few seconds of the future. Yeah, yep. you got a premonition about something that may yeah. happen in the near future. Oh, look, you get a boost on the your, your you get two extra successes on your initiative. Exactly, because crap. I knew I knew this. You knew it was social coming. conflict was going was going to go yeah. sideways, and we're now in initiative slot one. <laughs> so. Wow, exactly. I would think I would think cheating death would be worth more than just plus two difficulty. Though that nope. still makes it a daunting check, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I mean, look what it does. It foresees so, a possible doom. For yeah. Themselves. So, in addition mm-hmm. to asking for a question, so in addition to asking for a question. Mm-hmm character foresees a possible doom for themselves in the next 24 hours once before the end of the current session when the character would otherwise be incapacitated or killed they may spend a story point that's why it's only four Uh. to have them suffer wounds and strain until they reach but do not exceed their wound Mm. and strain threshold instead their survival must be described narratively taking into account that they saw this potential death coming. They're asking, am I screwed? If if I open this door, am I screwed? (laughs) So, (laughs) possibly. All signs point to yes. That's That's an iffy spell to use because you've got this cool effect that you get in the the future. Yeah. But, if you're (laughs) if you drop at that exact moment when you have absolutely no story points, Mm. uh uh-oh. I know. Uh Uh-oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you didn't quite see what you saw. <laughs> Maybe you're too drunk. <laughs> you might have At that point, I probably would just maybe forego, if they don't have the story point, they get dropped to incapacitated and just forego rolling the first critical. That's mm. probably... That's not that, that, That's not a bad That's not a bad, uh, a bad thing since yeah. they spent the strain to cast the spell or whatever, right? Right. Yeah. And they succeeded, yeah. they... Yeah. They're just unconscious. They didn't die. And they're not right. in threat of dying because they didn't get a crit. <laughs> so That's great. <laughs> that is awesome. So let's see. Let's... So the, the next one, yeah, you were going to ask. So the transform, 
Yeah. Is so it's only available to primal. Yeah, which makes sense. It's your freaking roll out. It's your dru- <laughs> it's your druid, right? It's your shamans. So like yeah. like lycanthropia says here, you know, you you alter your physical form into that of a creature. Um but, but you can only go ahead. Go ahead, Don. You can only do natural creatures, yes. not demons or skeletons. Exactly. Skeletons are natural. You can find skeletons yeah, or dragons. Yeah, yeah. animated walking no. skeletons. They are. <laughs> oh, okay, they got to be like an animal, like a bear oh, okay. or a kitty cat, big kitty cat. So narrative but, uses, yeah. Would, but while, while the caster may look like an animal, they still think like a person. They still maintain their personality. They still think yep. psychological identity. That's right. But That doesn't say here whether you could talk in animal form. Um, no, because you... It depends. Bear, well, yeah, bears don't talk. <laughs> you use you use. Um, well, we'll get into the basic use of transform here. But yeah. narratively speaking, though, when you're when you're wanting to use it narratively, um, your difficulty will start off at like average, and it basically ranges on what size creature, what size animal you want to transform into. Um, Squirrel. Silhouette zero. Squirrel. Average. <laughs> average. Rhinoceros. Rhinoceros gonna be probably four because rhinoceroses are probably silhouette two. Okay. Okay. Simple enough. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and then you would increase, and then you could increase that difficulty if you want to be transformed um, longer than just like say the round. Um, oh. But going over to the structured use, you can concentrate. You can continue to be in that form. You have to spend a maneuver to concentrate on it, though. Um, and and mm-hmm. back on mask also that is one that can be concentrated on as well. I missed that. Oh one yeah, that, yeah, that's a good thing to point out there, Tony. So you can maintain illusions in combat. Yeah, Just which makes it. which makes perfect sense. Um, so the default difficulty is going to be an average difficulty, and like we said, in so this is the structured part. When if when you're successful till the end of your next turn, you could transform into a silhouette zero animal. Okay, and it must be natural, like we said. So when you're transformed, <clears throat> you adopt the physical appearance of the animal. You get the animal's characteristics. Yes, all everybody. Six all six of them. Um, you get their soak, their wound threshold, and their defense. Plus, you get any animal's abilities and equipment. Now, remember, that's abilities. There's a difference between abilities and talents. Mm-hmm. So if you transform into, say, a big cat. And this is kind of cool because on page... Um, on page, uh, what page is this? Eighty-six. Um, they have creatures, sample adversaries. Eighty-six of the expander player's guide. There's a list of creatures that you could transform into. So, looking at say, say I want to turn into like a big cat. The ability I get ambush predator. Um, I get pounce, but I would not get the talent swift. And Swift Got allows it. you to move through difficult terrain. Okay, so that's kind of the rub there. You don't get the talents, but you do get their special abilities. That kind of but balances. But you get to out. retain your own talents. Yes, you do get your, your own, own talents. skills. Yep, talents and strain threshold, which is mm-hmm. important because you're a caster. Yeah, and the ne- so you can't ahead. just transform into a um, uh, an animal that has a really high strain threshold and then. Get- <laughs> No, 
it's the wound threshold that you get. So what's that next sentence there, Tony? Because this is kind of flavor. This could be pretty this flavorful. Is important. This is basically <laughs> it's the same thing all druids are in other settings, and that is if your character is incapacitated while transformed. Oh, no. I was talking. I was talking about the one before that. When you oh, they they retain oh. their skills, talents, and strength threshold, they drop any gear or clothing they're wearing. Ah, while transformed, right? Okay, yeah. So go ahead, go to the next. Yeah, you drop your shit when you change. That's yeah, you right. do. <laughs> At least you don't rip through it. Yep. Um, unless you roll a bunch of despair, <laughs> then as a GM, I'm like, oh, your armor? You transformed so fast, it didn't just fall off. You broke through it. You broke it. it. Oh, dude, that's a nice. That's a nice use for for threat or despair. Absolutely. So you were yes. gonna say. So if you become in, incapacitated while you're transformed, yeah. what if happens? If the character is is incapacitated while transformed, they revert back to their normal form. When they revert back to their normal form, they heal all wounds suffered while transformed, but they do not heal any strain or critical injuries. Interesting. Okay. And if they were capacitated due to exceeding their strain, uh, their their wound threshold, they are no longer incapacitated. Because they got all their heals back. Or they get all of the wounds back. Yep, get all their wounds back. They heal all wounds suffered while transformed. So if you start right, with so like they half your wound, beforehand, yeah, then, yeah, you'd, you'd you go would back. Still have that, you would be at that wound threshold. Right. So uh, the players out there would, would want to keep track of, probably have a separate column if you're going to be transforming into, you know, the teddy bears and whatever. Um, post-it start, note. Yeah, post-it <laughs> note. Perfect. Just keep track of what your wounds were beforehand. Um, right. And then there's some additional effects. Yeah, so, so cool. And uh, I found the one that I wanted to talk about. Okay. I, and that was the ca- characteristic retention. That's a good one. Go ahead. Go ahead and talk about that one. When transformed, the character retains their intellect and willpower rather than the intellect and willpower of what they transformed into. Mm-hmm. I would think that also conveys the ability to talk. I would think so, too. Because there's really nothing to- keeping a, a dog from talking. Right, just the fact that he doesn't know how to talk, but it's not like I mean, it's not like a physical thing; it's a right. mental thing, right? Yeah, so that's cool. The other one that I wanted to definitely point out on so all of you shamans or druids who are primals that are going to be transforming into stuff, because I was building my own primal shaman, ha ha ha. Um, need to make clear what silhouette you're going to be transforming into. So. If we go back to page 86, I want to transform into a bear. <laughs> Let's say, all right, so I want to transform into a bear. What you'll want to do is you want to look at the silhouette of the creature you want to transform into. There's a silhouette increase effect. So for one difficulty, you can increase your difficulty. You can increase the silhouette you could transform into. Adding a difficulty, you could choose this effect multiple times. This is special. This is one of the few cast a few magic actions that you can add the same effect multiple times to. Okay? Right. So keep that in mind. Um, so, start off at zero. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to transform into a silhouette two bear. So, alright, so right there. That's a daunting that's a daunting check right there, to turn into a bear. But, what do I get if I turn into a bear? Well, I don't get adversary one because I retain my own talent. That's right. But I do get silhouette two. However, <laughs> I get a, I get I get to hug somebody with my claws. 
and <laughs> using a brawl attack, do seven damage. Crit four, which isn't too bad, but you know what? I'm going to be spending my advantage on this concussive one quality. And I'll knock them on her ass, too, with knockdown. Um, so this could be fun. Wounds, 21 wounds. Soak of five. Damn. Though, intelligence of one, willpower of two. <laughs> so that's pretty slick. Nice. And you could, and for one difficulty, you could transform the gear with you. So you don't have to, when you come on transform, you don't have to be like oh, a naked little... Oh, your stuff melds into your body? Melds into your body. That's for one difficulty. But not in your hands. Mm-hmm. And then there's <laughs> something called dire form, where you can transform. Basically, you do a dire form of the chosen animal. You increase the damage of the weapons by three, soak by one, wound threshold by six... And a silhouette by one. Nice. <laughs> That's freaking huge. So What's you could just choose a zero, a zero one uh, instead of making a. You could choose a zero and <laughs> make it the dire form, so you could make a dire weasel. Yes, or a, or that dire squirrel that you've been wanting uh, to. That's or a dire, dire squirrel. No, for the win. no, no, dire rabbit. <laughs> Put all your holy hand grenades away, everybody. Here comes dire my dire rabbit. rabbit. <laughs> dire raccoon with a rocket pack. So here's something else. So what's this last one here, Tony? Curse of the Wild. Curse of the Wild. Instead of transforming yourself, you may transform <laughs> one target within short range into a silhouette zero animal at the characters of the character's choice. I think that means of your choice. Of the character's uh, choice. Yep. The casters, yeah. Fo- yeah, you the caster. Yep. Following all the rules for transformation. This is so be tough, though. Yeah, you turn uh, somebody into a, a a mouse or turn them into a newt. Um, mm-hmm. Or an infernal chicken. <laughs> or an infernal chicken, yep. <laughs> she turned me into a newt! <laughs> that's right! Why a newt, Sawyer? <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> but that's going to be three difficulties. Go ahead, Stefan. Sorry, Stefan. No, I just said, I transformed into a newt because he needed an eye for my stew. <laughs> for my potion. <laughs> But transcursing somebody is going to be, that's going to be a formidable check because it adds three to your difficulty. Now, again, this would be one of those effects like dominate. Mm-hmm. I'd get, it'd be an opposed check in my opinion. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Even though it doesn't say yeah. it here, it would definitely be an opposed check. Now, maybe well, not on a minion because apply, that's, that's fun, right? But You're going to apply ranks and adversary to it, for sure. Apply ranks and adversary, um, for you know, and then be... Probably a, but a post you're gonna check. have to concentrate on. It is. And if what you're if, if you're doing it to a big, big monster, mm-hmm. I would definitely It's an know, opposed check. It's got have it. it be an opposed check. Yeah. Discipline, oh. probably. Now it is now this does now this effect, like other things, it does last until the end of your character's next turn. So the following turn, if you still want to concentrate, you'll want to concentrate the next turn, right? So it's not on the turn you cast it. It's the end of the next turn that you'll come out of the transformation. So I don't think we specified that. But Another thing that I, I was thinking is that your, your transform is only the primal that they can do, right? Correct. It's only primal. So it's, it's, it seems to be the, their way of being able to curse someone in transforming them into a, mm-hmm. something an object. Because curse also... Includes like being turned into a toad. 
for example. Exactly, and that's this and is this that's curse where of we the describe, wild thing. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That's where, name. just like in curse, they su- they suggest maybe the target's discipline or resilience might be exactly. taken into account to upgrade the difficulty. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and what it would Absolutely. be is. If they don't have adversary, this is my rule. I would have I would have adversary upgrade the check. If they don't have adversary, add their ranks of discipline to the check. Right. And if they're a big big bad like a dragon, mm. do both. Yeah. If they're a major nemesis, uh, uh, like a like a ancient dragon, mm-hmm. do both. So Throw in ranks say- of discipline and so uh, ranks of discipline would would increase would upgrade the difficulty. Purples yeah. to reds, right? Got it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And or re- and resilience. Of course, that assumes that the target yes. is un- unwilling. If you've got an ally that says, "Yeah, um, sure, transform me into a giant eagle. Go ahead. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> don't. Op- I want to fly. You don't need to upgrade <laughs> them. <laughs> I'm That's giving you right. a boost. I'm willing. Turn me into I'm a squirrel so I can get out of this nasty situation. Yes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. We- we need someone on the other side of the door to unlock it. Okay, tr- transform into a mouse. Go on the other side and unlock it. <laughs> nice, nice. I'll just cancel the spell once you're on the other side. <laughs> and that, and that, most yeah. of the time is going to be a narrative use, which then you just would go into the back to the narrative uses of it. Exactly. So, I think we've pretty much covered the new ones pretty well. We've also got, yes, like I said, have. those honorable mentions. We've got mind and move that were right. in Zenithrix's guide, mm-hmm. yeah. and Stefan brought those to to bear uh did you have anything oh, you wanted but, to share uh, what'd you say to bear ah, <laughs> i see what you did there tony <laughs> dire bear <laughs> but is there yeah. any uh further description you wanted to do of those Stefan? or are you happy with what you did earlier in the no i think i think we're happy you know the, those abilities we, i think we, we went over them a little bit too so okay. uh, yeah mine to uh, alter a person's mind, uh, their memories, and so forth, and move to just you know actually do the telekinesis thing, especially against their will, like throwing them against walls and, and ceilings. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and wanted to mention, uh, we talked about it a couple times already, but there's a resisting magic sidebar on page two fourteen. And right here is where it suggests that high-level adversaries such as nemeses usually have a rank or three in the adversary talent, which makes them much more of a challenge in a fight. These talent upgrades difficulty of all combat checks. So obviously attack spells are automatically going to be upgraded. But, however, other spells may seem like a way to get around the adversary talent. However... uh, they recommend that you upgrade the difficulty of any spells targeting an NPC a number of times equal to their ranks in adversary, no matter what it is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an automatic recommendation. So then when you're talking about those taking away free will spells, adding, uh, making it opposed and then upgrading by uh, adverti- adversary is is the way to go. Mm-hmm. And, well, that's, that's and that's basically that last sentence here. It basically will make those nemeses feel dangerous. You know, oh, it yeah. will make them feel like a nemesis. Well, exactly. You're not going to just dominate the, uh, the, the the arch lich or transform him into nope. a toad. Uh, nope. <laughs> not so easy. <laughs> if you do, great. Go with it. Yeah. But <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> then you can gloat that, you know, grab the frog and you go, I'm going to barbecue those legs. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> but when you do, then they transform back into their original form. You know, yeah. Like, 
Right, if you transform. But by that, when they're on the grill, they'll I, turn into, ah, right? Yeah, anyway. but by that time, hopefully they're already cooked. <laughs> there you go. So, so we've talked about all these different things and how, they're, how the spells work. But really, I mean, mm-hmm. when we think of spells, a lot of us have this mindset of, you know, Vancey and magic. A spell has a certain name and it has a certain yeah. thing that it does. And so how do, how does one get there? You know, like Scott did in his his document, he yeah. came up with names for all these various. Mm-hmm. How do we get there? So let's build some example ones. Let's do it. There we go. Let's do it. So, oh, one one thing we wanted to mention. I think we mentioned this before. Was when you are building your spell, we were ta- we we're talking about adding difficulties, adding difficulties, and because of the you know because of the um, these different effects, the maximum difficulty. For a spell is going to be oh, formidable, yeah. which is five. But this mm-hmm. is after any reductions that are applied to the spell. Now, reductions we, we we get in the form of what? Implements can reduce the difficulty. Mm-hmm. Talents and talents and talents. So, just got to keep 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 in mind what that is for building our spells. So, well, that's it because you could have. A difficulty go even higher than formidable, but you'll you'll have to have those implements to mm-hmm. handy. That's why we to said it's got to be f- below. Exactly, to right. at least five or lower. <laughs> yep, five or lower after any reductions. So, mm. well, let's um, so let's, let's build one. Yeah, let's start, Stefan. Why don't you build your divine attack for us? Right. So I thought of simply divine attack based off of my uh, shining tar campaign. You have a deity called Arcanon, being of light and, and protection and justice. Cool. So he's got Ar- Arcanon's judgment, which would be almost like a an eye, a bright eye shining above, maybe uh, out of the uh, holy icon of the of the priest, to blast his uh, opponents that are uh, maybe vampires or liches or uh, shades. Sweet. So basically, I start with a base difficulty of one purple. Which is okay. the base difficulty of all attack spells, mm-hmm. uh, which means it's it's a short range spell. Gotcha. And that's uh, on page. Let's difficulty. see. So that's on page, and you're doing what? You're doing attack. That's An on attack. page two fifteen. The, mm-hmm. the the structured use of these. That's kind of where we're at right now. That's it. Support. That's it. So uh, base difficulty one. Then, for in this particular example, I want to make it deadly. So, so you're basically adding deadly. effects now. An effect exactly to it, so uh, adding deadly adds one purple difficulty. So we're at two. Cool. It adds to the spell a critical rating of two, because that mm-hmm. basically, unless it has deadly, your spell will not cause critical wounds. Uh, it will. It'll crit on a triumph only. On a triumph only, right? Sorry. And then it also gains vicious equal. To the characteristics, uh, I mean, ranks and knowledge of the spellcaster. Mm-hmm. So. And I want to add a sidebar to that, if mm-hmm. you don't mind, because there is a sidebar in the expanded player's guide. So they talk about the linked magic knowledge skill for all of these things, mm-hmm. and they don't really say what it is, what's a default. Well, they've now added in the expanded player's guide a default magic knowledge skill called knowledge supernatural and that will be in one of those sidebars and that's going to be on page i believe 99 Um, 99 at the bottom of page 99 and uh so that's your default one knowledge supernatural but otherwise the setting itself will tell you and for instance in taranoth it's it's knowledge lore 
Right. Right. So whatever. Sorry, now, Stephen. Whatever, continue. Sorry. Yeah, go okay. for it. So whatever ranks of lore that the, the priest would have, let's say for example, in my example three, that means that spell now has vicious three. Nice. And then I added also empowered for two purple. So we're at a total of four. Empowered? What's empowered? Empowered deals oh, there it the is. attack the deals damage equal to twice the characteristic linked to the spellcasting skill. So in this case for divine, I believe it's willpower. Mm-hmm. Okay. So instead of base, let's say willpower of four, his base damage would be eight. Gotcha. Nice. And if the attack has blast quality, if, in this case not, then all the characters within short range uh, are also affected. But in my example, only the one target would be. And then uh, I would add holy, because it's, it's a divine spell. It will allow him uh, to deal even more damage, basically, to creatures that are the, the direct opponents, the antithesis of the character's faith, which well, wait, su- there's mm-hmm. more. Holy is <laughs> is uh, one difficulty that puts you at five, right? Yes, it does. But since he has a holy icon, a holy symbol, which allows him to add basically the holy for free without increasing the difficulty. Nice. So if you want to go through the math, yes, it adds plus one, then reduces it by one again. But he <sighs> could still cast it if his implement fell on the ground. Yeah, because it's five. Yeah. Nice. Yep. If I were to add another one, well, like blast, then he would definitely need to be sure to have his implement on him. <laughs> right on. Very cool. So that would be a total of four difficulty to cast. So, you know, if this is something like you would write on your character sheet, mm-hmm. if you wanted to continually do a spell like this, and this is something yeah. you just give it a name, give it a cool effect, like Stefan said. It's mm-hmm. this. Arcanon's judgment that's you know particularly nasty against vampires. Yeah. <laughs> Burns them to all hell. <laughs> and the benefit so, of Holy, of course, is that it deals two points of damage per success instead of just one. That's nice. nice. Right. <laughs> Yeah, to people who are the antithesis of your alignment, which well, exactly uh, of your not of your alignment, but of your of your character, or just so. faith, yeah, or whatever it is the faith that's determined. In this case, light against darkness. Right. So you're undead. You'll probably blast the undead Arcanon, right? He's that's it exactly. So with empowered, he causes maybe a max a minimum of eight, and then for every success, an extra two points. Plus, it's deadly Ooh. and it's vicious. So <laughs> that's yeah, hit like a truck. Yeah, Arcanon's. Arcanon's judgment can be very harsh. (laughs) (laughs) You have been judged. Yes, and found lacking. (laughs) There you go. Well, I chose to build a curse, and I was going to use the arcane skill. But in my typical method, I like to keep it simple. And I wanted to make a curse called the Bone Rack, or Bone Rack, and that's with a W. Bone W-R-A-C-K. Uh, so what that invokes in me is the vision of someone's bones just racking with pain and they can't move. They're being twisted, oh. broken. Like they're on so the I, rack, right? They're so, just being yeah. stretched. So, oh, wow. so I go to my big old nasty curse chart and I yeah, think, buddy. well, I like the normal of effect curse, mm-hmm. but curses starts out at two average mm-hmm. difficulty. Yep. 
And that chart's on 217, by the way, if, if you yes, all sir. are following along. Okay, and this creates a, what does that curse do? It decreases the ability of any skill checks that target makes by one skill die. So, in effect, uh, it'll, that's what it'll do, in effect. However, I want this to freeze them. I want them to be frozen in pain. Right. Well, I'm going to make it paralyzed. So the target is staggered for the duration of the spell. This effect may not be combined with the additional target effect. So I can only do it against one opponent. Mm-hmm. And that adds three difficulty to my spell. And so I'm already at five. And staggered Isn't. means no act. You can't act. They won't be they able to act. act. They can't do it. They can move, but they can't act. The pain in their Damn. bones is so severe, mm-hmm. they cannot concentrate to do anything. Except right. for maybe clawing their way forward, moving. Right. That's yeah. about it. Yeah, just a maneuver kind of thing. So you're, removing a, so you're moving a green from any check they make while this spell's mm-hmm. going on. And yep. you're going to take away their actions. Yep. Good lord, which means they can't really make any skill checks. Well, unless, the, but, they, but you know, unless you do what you did, right? Wait. <laughs> wow. So that's simple. That's the simple version. I can't make it any more powerful unless I have implements, and which I can do, mm-hmm. and yep. and and I will explain that later. Yeah, there we go. So cool. All right, what you got, Chris? Um, hey, uh, either one of you want to ride? <laughs> yes, that's the name of my spell. I'm well, I call it an Uber. So. I'm going to cast... Well, you know, this is better than Uber. Trust me. This is better than Uber. So a primal transform spell, I'm naming this, Do You Need a Ride? And if you go to the Realms of Tiranoth book on page... Um, which image is Jiggy? What do you call it? 104. I'm going to be transforming into a flying mount. Nice. So, what do you do first? When you do that, well, check the, the silhouette. silhouette. Check the silhouette. We got a silhouette of two for flying mount. So, this would be one of your rocks of the Baron or whatever, giant eagle, call it what you will. We're going to have, so we're going to get hippogriff. Um, hippogriff. Yeah, hippogriff. <laughs> call it, you know, yeah. Um, so, silhouette two, which means we're going to need to add the silhouette increase which is going to add two difficulty. And like we said before, transform is an average to start. So that's going to be a daunting check to transform into this flying mount. However, we don't get the dodge two talent, but we have an encumbrance capacity of 12. And the reason why I'm doing it is because we will have the flyer ability from page Excellent. 100 in the core rule books. We'll be able to fly around. So with an encumbrance capacity of 12, you might be able to have two people ride or whatever. Nice. So yeah, so that's um. do you want to ride? Or did you call an Uber? <laughs> yes. Did you call a fantasy did you call a fantasy Uber? <laughs> I called a, a, an Uber Griff. Uber Griff. There we go. The Uber Griff. Oh. <laughs> You Very know what? nice. That is freaking cool. You want to know why? <laughs> because I have an idea for our campaign, oh, Tony. There we go. Totally got a freaking business we're going to be creating. <laughs> and, and so if you're listening, Jamie. <laughs> no. So anyway, so that's your uh, that's your transform. There's an example of transform. 
And yeah, so those that. are magic actions, and that's how you do mm-hmm. them. And you're going to do them in combat during a structured count- encounter or even a social encounter. Some of these might work. Um, exactly. You know, cursing someone in a social encounter is doable. Mm-hmm. Um, Augment. Augmenting somebody in a social encounter is doable, too. Yeah. Now, you uh, could heal somebody in a social yeah. encounter, couldn't you? Because sure. it's all about it's an, it's all about keeping a strain up. That's right. There you go. All right. So those so, are actions. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to have magical maneuvers. You got to have to be able to do magical maneuvers. What do we have for maneuvers? Go ahead and take the first one there, Chris. Oh yes. So for a maneuver, you can counterspell. So. Mages and spellcasters, you can attempt to counter. So you take a maneuver, and the effect of this would be any cast or any opponents within medium range upgrade their difficulty once until the end of your next turn. So that's huge. And that's to cast spells, period. So it doesn't have to be divine versus divine or or whatnot. Right. So even though only Arcane has access to Dispel, every caster has the ability to counterspell somebody else. Right. Because my primal magic's going to be messing with your finger-wiggling magic there, Stefan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. It's like overloading the area with, of magical energy or just yeah. twiddling with it, making it more difficult for the right. other or caster. Or flooding the access. area with my primal spirits. Right, yeah. could be swirling around your mage, making yeah, a top cover for him. Yeah, you can come up with a descriptive effect of that when you go yeah. into a counter spell. Mm-hmm. What you're doing? Are you chanting? For instance, let's say maybe you're chanting prayers to your god so loudly that the mm-hmm. whole area is reverbing with your voice. I love uh, it. Or yep. like Chris said, you're a spirit shaman, and these spirits of the of animals, the nature. Are, just floating around Sterling. the area, distracting the bellcasters. There's cool. all kinds of ways to look at it. Mm-hmm. And I would, and I think I'd, I'd encourage everybody to just add a narrative effect to any magic you do. Really, anything you do in this game. Oh, but yeah. these, you can have really have fun with it. Yeah, have fun with it. That's why we play. That's well, why that's we play. These are generic spells, so you have to liven them up and describe. You're not just like, yeah. okay, uh, attack spell that does deadly and right. uh, blast and fire. Right. Yeah. Oh. So make these. Dress your... it up. Come on. Yeah. Make these. <laughs> that your... sounds like oh. a damn fireball. Is that a that's fireball? Right. Damn straight. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Imagine if you if you describe it well enough, maybe your GM will give you a boost die. <laughs> Why would you ever ask for a boost die? Oh wait, I don't know. Anyone <laughs> would ask for a boost die? Concentrate. Uh, concentrate. So, all right. What's next, Stefan? Yes. What's the other maneuver? The other maneuver is to concentrate, basically, because some spells you can make last longer, not just on the uh, on your round or uh, for for uh, for uh, mm-hmm. a round or two. Yep. Uh, so if you take a maneuver to concentrate, so some magical effects might require concentration to sustain. Yep. If the uh, the action can benefit from this, it'll say, and then you simply mm-hmm. declare that. Maybe sure, make sure you tell your GM, I take a maneuver yeah. to concentrate on my augment or my curse yep. and make sure that the effect lasts for another round. So, and it doesn't cost you any more strain because the spell's been cast. Right. You just declare that. And if you want to do a second maneuver, though, that's where you start going, oh, do I sustain the spell or let it drop and do something else? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. Or if I do it, so I'll, I'll still take the maneuver I want. I still need to move out of range, for example, or into cover. Well, you'll have to take some strain, maybe. <laughs> exactly, because you have to take another maneuver. So keep, so keep this in mind. If you, if none of these types of spells fit your setting, and you're going to create your own type of spell, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta um, know whether you can, whether you can concentrate on it. Yeah. And what skill, magic skills, can cast that type? Yeah. Right. I, I think Terranoth should have another maneuver that. Uh, bards, you know, people who do verse could do, uh, but only in dimly light areas where they're in, in groups. So you have orchestral maneuvers in the dark. <laughs> oh, there's your dance joke. <laughs> I cast a line really far away to get that one and reeled it back in. <laughs> very good, sir. Very good. Well, done, uh, a comprehensive Stephen. list of the uh, those the magic actions that can be uh, used to concentrate. Uh, Augment, Barrier, Conjure, Curse, and Mask, and Transform. There you go. So that is all of them that can be maintained. You can't maintain an attack. No. Nope. You can't maintain a prediction, because you're going to get a prediction and that's it, right? (laughs) From a Zenithrix guide, you you can maintain move, but you cannot maintain the mind. You there have to you go. Right. over Rock again. There we go. So, so we have we, two we, last things to do here. Yeah, they make they make casting spells easier. What do we got? Yes. Go ahead, Tony. Well, Stefan liked mentioning his earlier. That was the he magic likes, implement. He always likes mentioning his magical oh magical implement. Oh, wait a second. We're talking about. <laughs> Yes. Anyway, and um, so there are two hard and fast rules when it comes to using magic implements. The first is that your character can only benefit from one implement at a time. Mm. You can't mm-hmm. be dual wielding wands that have multiple effects. Not no, going to happen. Or, or a staff and a wand. Right. So if your character has mm. an orb and a wand, they have to choose which one they're casting the spell through. Or a ring and a wand. No, not so much. No. Uh, the second is, the second is holding an implement does not impose setback dice on your check. For even if I don't hands have, free. okay. So even if I have like that two-handed staff, I'm good. Doesn't matter because it does not. It says right here in the mm-hmm. hard rules that it does not impose setback nice. dice. So I have a sword in one hand and a wand in the other. I'm good because You're I got good. my wand. Cool. All right. Mm-hmm. Like it. I like it. Don't All right. So they each have different effects, mm-hmm. and um, there's a, there's several of them listed here on page 219. Don't need to go into all of them. There's also a couple of them listed in the Realms of Terranoth, and I can't yes. remember off the top of me what page. Page 98. There page you 98. Go. Thank you, good sir. Mm-hmm. Um, we and, add a uh, few more as well. That would be the runes and the instruments uh, gotcha. and the... Yeah. Um, there's a one more. Um, There's magic tome. Magic tome. Oh, and, and the mu- and musical instrument. Gotcha. That's right. And then also the runes, the drag, uh, the uh, the rune shards also mm-hmm. count as implements. You know, what I would do? you know what I would add? I just thought of something like for a primal mm-hmm. to do for like a transform. 
have like some like magic like like pauldrons or something like that as like an implement maybe and that's something you could design a, using Xenothrix's yeah. rules mm-hmm there's a yeah. druidic circle circlet circlet they, yeah they do they do the conjure spell mm-hmm. um yeah that's cools and Stefan cool. already mentioned the holy icon which enables yep, yep. it adds holy for free mm-hmm. and increases the damage mm-hmm. or the sorry the wounds healed to healing spells by two yeah yeah so typically okay. so typically what these implements will do is they'll reduce the difficulty on a an effect make an effect be added for free or it. it will add a, a, and it will add um, an increased effect like you just mentioned Tony it'll increase this the the um this the number of wounds healed by two or like yep. a staff would increase the damage by four on an attack spell and add the range effect for free. So yeah. Now, I want to mention one of these because I think they're really cool and I like the way they did it. Cool. And that's the magic ring. Oh, yeah. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Magic oh, yeah. rings are items of great power and danger in most fantasy settings. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one ring. My uh, <laughs> uh So their rings, their rings are designed to be items of great power and peril. Nice. Uh, when a character obtains a magic ring, the GM chooses the type of magic skill, then select three effects that can be added to the spell, or added to spells uh, cast by that skill. Bam! Two of the effects are normally increase the difficulty by one. The third effect can will normally increase the difficulty by two. Holy crap, dude! I know what I'm going to get. I want to. So when ring. the user casts a spell. Adding those effects do not increase the spell's difficulty. However, here's the pi- here's the drawback. Yeah. When using a magic ring, you must always upgrade the difficulty of any checks oh. any spells you cast with it once. And despair cannot be spent to double despair cannot be spent to destroy the ring. In addition, attack spells by the user increase their base damage by two. Whoa! So basically, yeah. you're you're able to add more stuff to the ring, but you you go to the risk of rolling that despair, which is what that's we it. Love, right? You're still more difficult. That's it. Your nice. spell still gets a bit more difficult. So even it's after reduction, always upgraded once. Right. I'm just thinking yeah. of like a magic nose ring for my little uh, primal <laughs> user, dude. That'd be nasty. So it's expensive. The nice though. thing about that is, is it it doesn't allow for the most most powerful effects to be done yes uh, and what absolutely I, what i mean by that is like for instance my uh paralyzing uh on the curse it's a three you difficulty three. increase yeah. can't right. have a paralyzing ring right no. but you know what no. turning into that big big bear will be free because yeah. <laughs> i would have silhouette increase two for free yeah. Right. One one that one that I like is from the realms of Turnout, the magic tome, which is in some yeah. ways a little bit like the ring. We don't. So so when your character makes or obtains a tome, your GM determines up to two effects that the tome lets your character add any appropriate spell without increasing the spell's difficulty. Of course, the the effects the GM chooses should normally, without the tome, only increase the difficulty of a spell by a total of three. So different effects, two, two effects, effects, a bit like the rings. So Add one of effect. one of them could be plus two difficulty, and the other one could be plus one. That's cool, man. 
and I would see, you know, these tomes would be, you know, like a Necronomicon would probably be more like curses. Could be. Though there could be that there could be that tome. Well, you wouldn't be able to because adding a uh, being able to um, what do you call it revives resurrect somebody is adding four difficulty. No, maybe not a tome. That would be a major artifact, but that would be beyond. But a magic tome of of offensive spells would would there work. You, go. you know, you, you you give it a special name, and there you go. Or maybe some sort of magical um, anatomy guide, which allows you to mm-hmm. add heal critical. For free, yeah, which exactly. is a plus two. That's it. You know the the anti Necronomicon. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> yep. That's cool, dude. Now, that's the one that's flexible. It's not just plus four damage like a staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I did want to call Chris. Did you have one you wanted to do? Um, I just was saying the magic nose ring. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I did have a, an audible I wanted to call, and that is because on page ninety nine. Of? In Realms of Terranon, okay, they talk about implement materials, and that's special oh, materials yeah. that you can get your implements made out of that's that cool. give them even more special properties. I like this, and that's and that's something that you'll want to keep that. in mind when you're mm-hmm. when you're designing an implement for your character. They increase the cost, so yeah. let's just say, for for instance, I'm going to make a bone flute. Cool. So a musical instrument normally is two hundred. And then your bone is going to increase that price by a half. So it increases it to 300. Okay. Uh, increases its rarity from four to six. And when your character successfully casts an attack or a curse, they heal one wound. There you go. That's cool. That doesn't so, suck. That's kind of so, cool. Well, that wouldn't affect my verse caster to have attack because verse can't do attack. But, but golly, can curse. they can't do curses. And a bone flute that he, when I curse somebody, it heals me. I like yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, you know it. This hazel one is kind of cool, too. So yeah. hazel says it's associated with inspiration, prophecy, and wisdom. So when your character generates a triumph while casting a spell with the instrument, you can roll a boost die and add it to the results in addition to spending the triumph normally. That's cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Increases yep. the cost by half and increases the rarity by one, but that's, that's kind of neat. And you can make up your own implement materials too. You know, yeah. just use this as kind of guidelines me- to just kind of special see. metals. You know, special mm-hmm. platinum uh, that the dwarves make or mithril. Imagine yeah. mithril. Yeah, or if you're doing that Harry Potter setting and you want to really dial in what all those wands are made of, because oh, that was right, a big dude. thing in Harry Potter, what all those wands well, yeah, are made of. Phoenix feather use this and as your, uh, unicorn hair. And yes, you use this as your guideline. Yep. Yeah. So. Very awesome. So, yeah. Last section we want to cover in the main topic here. Chris, what is it? Yeah, I added this. You know, there are talents in the core rulebook in Realms of Tyrannoth and in the Expanded Player's Guide, which there's allow... There's a whole bunch in there. There's a whole bunch in there, yeah. Which allow us to make to cast these spells, e- make it easier, make them more deadly. Yeah. Um, better, yeah. Better. Um, so one thing that I'll, we'll start with. We want to start with this one, because this is a question I had to you guys to kind of clarify for me. So in the right. core rulebook, there's a, there's a talent called Lucky Strike, Tier 2. Mm-hmm. Page seventy-six. Let me go ahead and read read the read the words of this one. 
Um, let's see here. Lucky Strike. Tier 2. Activate is incidental. No ranks in it. When you purchase this talent, choose a characteristic. After your character makes a successful combat check, you may spend one story point to use this talent to add damage equal to the characteristic ranks in that characteristic to one hit of your combat check. So my primal user using is linked to cunning. Maybe I'll select Lucky Strike. Can I do this, gentlemen? Is casting a spell considered a combat check? And uh, the answer is an attack spell, yes. An attack spell, yes. There you go. See? Because the wording for the attack spells in structured mm-hmm. encounters says in the very first center sentence, magical attacks are combat checks. They follow the normal rules for performing a combat check, except they use the character's magic skill instead of the combat skill. Sweet. There you go. That, that's my question. That was, that was yeah, the question so, that I had for that. There you go. So they're, they're equal to a combat skill. Mm-hmm. Yep. No. So you can apply Lucky Strike to a right. magic attack that's if you're right. a primal caster. Or if you're an arcane caster. Exactly. Or if you're a divine caster. Does not mm-hmm. matter. Um, how about Quick Strike? Tier 1. For each rank. Yep. To add a boost to any combat check you make against a target that have not yet taken their turn in the current encounter. So there are that all these correct. other ones. Yeah. So you got to read. Read all the words. Make sure it says a combat check. Because I had a question for you guys on another one. <laughs> if I had some sort of arcane sniper <laughs> who wanted to use... Oh, crap. What page was that on? Deadeye, page 79, says tier 4. Activated as an incidental, no ranks in it. After your character inflicts a critical injury with a ranged weapon and rolls the result, your character may suffer too strain to use this talent. Then you can select any critical injury in the same severity to apply a target instead. Is a magic attack the same thing as a ranged weapon? I would say no, because it is not a weapon. It's an action. It's an attack. It's an attack, right. But it's not a weapon. Yeah. Now, that doesn't prevent a GM, a savvy GM, from saying, you know what, player, I like the fact that you really want to take Deadeye for your spells. We'll create a different uh, talent that is Tier 4, and it's called Arcane Sniper. (coughs) There we go. And that it only applies to attack spells. Does all the same effects that Deadeye does, but it only applies to right. magic attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or you can call it saying, supernatural yes, sniper. <laughs> you can call it supernatural sniper, and it'll apply not only to arcane but divine and primal. However, you want it. Yeah, that too. But yeah, magical that's, sniper. That's magical sniper. Yep. There you go. That's it. Well, there we go. So there's that's, that. I mean, there are other you. ones. There are other skills like uh, talents, like natural. You purchase the talent that's tier three. Choose two skills. Once per session, you can use this talent to re-roll one skill check that uses one of those two skills. And it doesn't limit you from choosing magic, so you exactly. can choose magic. Exactly. It doesn't yeah. say yeah. non-combat or... Right. It would say it would say non-combat, like for the... What was that one? Uh, knack for knack it, I for think? It. That's knack the one. Knack for it. Yeah. 
non-magic and non-combat. So, Correct. what do we have? Do we want to call out any special <coughs> ones in um, Realms of Tirnoth? I have a couple, but... Go, oh, like, hell yeah. There are so a, many. I mean, that's where we got our bread and butter of magic talents Absolutely. to start. Absolutely. Yeah. So I where mean, do we start? A couple of simple ones. Well, I'm going to go with my particular favorite right now, which is Bard! Yeah. So... <laughs> Because I'm making a bard for our uh, new campaign that we're starting. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it's just a tier two passive, no ranks, Mm -hmm. and it gives the character knowledge, lore, and verse is now a career skill. So this is one of those tier two. There's two of them in this, and this is what we use as an example for how to create a talent that opens the window into a magic skill, opens that door for you, uh, making it a career skill. And that is... Uh, bard, and then the other one is uh, runic uh, runes, runes, runic lore. That's what it is. Runic lore is the other one. Oh, I must have missed that one. Yeah, but they both are tier two, and they both give you access to magic. Yep. Um, and that's a great example of how you can give access to magic in a setting. Um, yes. Where later on, and that's um, and and that's where you would do it. You'd create a tier two talent that basically is. Is this and they've already got what level? What tier would it be? Well, it'd be tier two, like that. This other one, blood sacrifices, flavorful, if you will, but it does require the dark insight talent. Um, you can you can basically suffer a number of wounds to add an equal number of successes to your check. So if you have, I know in uh, another another system. You were able to do those kinds of things, and this is a way of doing it here too. You know? And it's ranked, so that it's number ranked. of wounds is equal to your ranks in it. Yep, you cannot exceed your ranks in the blood sacrifice. So if you pick it up at tier two, you can do one, one wound to yourself and add a success. There we go. So, you got something you like, Stefan? Well, I've always liked the signature spell. Oh yeah, that's a great one. That's, that's one that can be. Fairly easy to acquire. Um, it's, uh, Let's go over that it's one. A bit, it's a bit a little higher rank. Mm-hmm. Well, rank two. Rank so two, page eighty nine. By the way, yeah, the character has to have a bit of experience, but he knows the spell backwards and forwards. He's cast it and knows it so well that he's written it. He's, it's hardwired almost into his brain, so it's easier for him to cast. Mm-hmm. But the downside, of course, is that he cannot modify it. It's you know, like, for example, if uh, my priest of Arcanon had, uh, knows his Arcanon's judgment uh, as is, he, he can't add range to it. It's like, no, it's right. short range, that's it. But it'll be even easier. It reduces the difficulty by one. Yeah, so you pick the effects that you want to add to your spell, lock those yeah. down, and then reduce that's the it. difficulty. Then there's that's an it. improved that's version, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's tier four. Yep. So, yeah. Further up, and the tier spell. four version, the improved version, all it does is increase or reduce that difficulty by two instead of one. Yeah. Right. No other change. And you need yeah. signature spell to to cat to do it. Right. Well, that's it. Yeah. Sure. Now, the other f- flavorful thing that they did here in Tiernos, Tier Tiernoth, <laughs> are the opposed. Opposing talents, I will call them. It harkens back to the opposing schools in the D&D, right? Or the D-Shift 7D, where you've got Chill of Nodros and Flames of Kelos. 
tier two talents. Um, if your character cannot take so for Chillib Nordros, your character can't take this talent if they have taken the Flame of Kellos talent. So when tacking an attack spell, casting an attack spell, you can add the ice effect without increasing the difficulty. However, you can never add the fire effect. No, exactly. And and the flames of Kellos is the opposite of that. That's flavorful as hell, man. Oh yeah. My ice my ice mage can't cast fireball or nope. drink fireball for that matter. <laughs> I wouldn't let I him think drink. he can drink fireball. I wouldn't serve him fireball if he can't if he can't cast it, he can't drink it. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> and then there's also another one. It's delicious. Yeah, there's another one. A Dominion of the Dimora and Favor of the Fae. Um, where you, when you're, uh, the Dominion of the Dimora, um, you're attacking us, you're casting an attack spell. You can add impact for free, but you can't take the manipulative effect. Right. And then Favor of the Fae, that's just the opposite of that. So, um, it's kind of cool. You can totally do that in your settings if you create those kinds of things. And That's there it. are Just playing around with it if it's yeah. your setting. That's right. What do you got? Another Tony? one. What another one I like is uh, dissonance for your bard. There it you allows go. your bard. So when wielding, excuse me, when wielding a musical instrument, your character and he doesn't have to be skilled in verse. Your character may use this talent to make an average charm or verse check. And for each success, the check generates one enemy of the players choosing within medium range suffers one wound. Oh, so That's not takes one damage. That suffers, suffers a, wound. a wound. That's different. No soak. No soak, yeah. And for each advantage, one enemy affected by dissonance suffers an additional wound. What? Wow, dude. That's that's kind of crazy. <laughs> for each success, for each one enemy of the player's choosing within medium range suffers a wound. For each advantage, advantage. one enemy affected by dissonance suffers an additional wound. So if I have five successes and five advantage, they'll just take ten, ten damage. Wounds. I just did ten wounds. No soak. Holy crap. <laughs> I don't know. I've heard people saying that kind of... I've heard some <laughs> of the singers nowadays. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, I take damage every time I hear them. I take physical damage every time <laughs> I hear them. Yes, I do. <laughs> so, so you know, I have, a, I have a birthmark on my face, and I've always thought, and I've always believed, right? Sticks and stones might break my bones, but... Names will never hurt me. Fuck that. <laughs> Dissonance will hurt the shit out of you, man. <laughs> right? Yes, it will. Yes, it will. I um. All right. You got I, another one? Oh, I got the the talent. The talent you need to take when you get when you can get a tier five talent. Okay. Oh, yes. It's you know what I'm saying. Yes, I do. Everybody say it at once. One, two, three. Zealous fire. fire. It's a tier five talent. It's passive. But anytime your game master spends a story point, your character heals two strain. Bread and butter for a caster. (laughs) Yeah, it is. So, oh, oh, I'm going to cast some spells in this turn. Oh, you want to upgrade my check? Go ahead. I'm going to heal two strain. That spell I cast you last round. 
<laughs> That's kick ass, man. That yeah. is the font of I'm going to continue to you want to continue to upgrade my checks? I'm going to continue to keep cats and spells. That's yep. sweet. <laughs> Do you have any more you'd like to mention stuff? A uh, real quick one. The tier 4 talent, which uh, is only maneuver conduit. Oh, it's a good one. Once per encounter, you your character may spend a story point to perform a, a magic action as a maneuver. <laughs> you want to be able to cast two magic yep. actions in one... Yeah. Maneuver. Here it is. <laughs> Here in one turn. Here it yeah. is. Oh, oh, you you didn't take enough damage on that fireball I just cast on you. That's I'm gonna cast another do one. Do it again. <laughs> do it again. It's coming back for an encore. Again. That's right. <laughs> oh, and Stephanie, nice. I know you don't have the book, but there mm. are some kick-ass magic talents in the new player's guide. Mm. Tony, yeah. what you got there, buddy? My favorite. Okay. The ensorcelled tree. There's three of them. What page Ensorcelled, Ensorcelled Improved, and Ensorcelled Supreme. Okay, this starts on... Man, 90, this is awesome for a bard. 95, so, we start on. It starts okay. on page 95. Got yep. it. Okay. Uh, Ensorcelled is, is tier one. It's active as an incidental, and it's not ranked. Okay. If your character has at least one rank in a magic skill, once per encounter, they may use this talent to add advantage to the result of their next... A single advantage to the result of their next social skill roll. Additionally... This is, this is a passive narrative effect. Your character's appearance is subtly enhanced by subtly enhanced by mm. their magic. Others do not note it as supernatural, but may be slightly put off. This form of enhancement takes up uh, ta the form that it takes is up to you with your GM's approval. Um, your character has divine skill. Maybe they look flush with good health, or if they. Um, or their eyes are flash red momentarily sometimes. <laughs> or if they're using primal, they may be surrounded by the scent of fresh pine. Or their <laughs> voice may have an intimidating growl to it. Oh shit, that's great. <laughs> um, your so uh, if you have the arcana skill, your character may have their hair tussled by undetectable winds. Or nice. when they wear a hat or a hood, their face might be obscured by deep shadows. <laughs> oh, that is so cool, dude. <laughs> so that's, I mean, that's ensorcelled, and then you go to the ensorcelled what, yeah, what improved. Does, what does improved do? So improved is uh, tier two talent, and you must have the original ensorcelled to take it. Got it. And if your character has at least two ranks in a magic skill, your character may add instead of a single advantage, an advantage and a success to their next social skill nice. uh, once per encounter. After purchasing this talent, your character's appearance is now noticeably changed by their magic. <laughs> what form this enhancement takes is up to you with your GM's approval, but it should be based on the magic skill like before. So I'm so, really smelling just, like pine, man. Or not only right. <laughs> are you spelling like pine, but you also have maybe some budding antlers growing there. Or there something. it is. That's or, sweet. You know, a little dude. something like that. Yeah, and then cool. it's sourced supreme. Or you've which, got pine cones between your legs now. It's oh. <laughs> <laughs> sourced <laughs> supreme. Allow, it it you says go. you must have the ensorcelled improved and ensorcelled talent, both of those. Uh, if your character has at least three ranks in a magic skill, once per session, they may use this talent to force all enemies within medium range to make a hard discipline check as an out-of-turn incidental. 
If those enemies fail that check, they must spend all available movers, maneuvers moving away from your character. They suffer five strain plus one additional strain per threat rolled. That, that they rolled, okay. And if your group is using the optional fear rolls, this can be treated as a fear check. What the form of this reveal takes what form this reveal takes is up to your GM's approval, but it should be based on your character's magic skill with the enhancement they possess from the improved and sorcerer talent. Some possibilities would be glowing golden wings made of light, nice. manifesting demonic horns and glowing red eyes, or rising into the air on the power of a tornado, or becoming a figure of pure shadow or a tree-like humanoid. What? All those are suggestions. Yes. That is great, dude. Holy crap. Those, those are just are awesome talents. <laughs> those are pretty awesome. Alright. Uh, uh, what so else you got, bud? I got I got a I got a tier one talent. That's gonna cost uh -huh. you five experience points to add a boost die to your check. What? If you're casting with a component. So um when you do, when your character casts a spell, they can use this talent to consume a physical item and add a boost die to their check. So when we take a ride, before we do that, I'll say, save me one of those feathers, yo. And I'll <laughs> use it next time, and I'll get a boost die. I mean, nice. that's, I mean, pluck a feather out of my a, ass. A pitch of bat guano makes a fireball? <laughs> it sure the hell does. <laughs> nice. So that's a sweet, that's a pretty good one. Bit of spider web for a spider climb? And, go, and going with that, with that theme of the primal transformation, all of you primal transformers out there, Druids, shamans, whatever, you'll want to take this tier three talent called Face of the Wild. It's active, it's in, it's an in incidental, so um, it, no ranks to it. However, when you cast a transform spell on yourself using the primal skill, you may spend a story point to have them use this talent to maintain the effect of this spell until the end of the encounter. So basically, you don't have to concentrate on it anymore. You don't have to use those maneuvers to concentrate. You can use those maneuvers to aim that fucking bear claw while you're charging. <laughs> right? So that's Very sweet. nice. Um, I like this one. Okay. Explosive casting. Tier 3 talent. Tier 3. When your character casts an attack spell, <laughs> they treat the spell's blast quality as having a rating equal to twice your ranks in knowledge oh. instead of equal to your ranks in knowledge. So when, when your character casts an attack spell with a blast effect, you may spend one story point to use this talent to trigger the spell's blast quality by only spending one single advantage. Nice. Well, that's got multiple cool-ass effects there. That, I really like that. Speaking of cool-ass effects, Masterful Casting, Tier 4. Active yep. Incidental, Rank 2, or Ranked None. Um, when your character casts a spell, they may use this talent to spend a triumph to trigger up to three different qualities or spell effects instead of one. These qualities or spell effects must be ones that can be triggered by spending uh, an, a... Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, an advantage or a triumph. So if you have, if you're casting that, I, I didn't even have an example for it. But that just sounds cool. Well, sounds blast pretty powerful. Or blast, auto fire, blast, yeah, auto probably. fire, ensnare. Gives you, you three of them. Woof, three of them with nice. just one triumph. 
That's not it sounds bad. like there's a lot of talents, not a lot of cool stuff in the expanded oh, uh, oh, players guide. Yeah. In the expanded players guide, we go all the way from page 95 to 98, and I think there's something like 25 different talents. So, and I have just one last one. The right, reason yeah. why I want to bring it up. Through them all, so. <laughs> right, I have le- one last one. Mm-hmm. I want to bring up because it brings a new precedent to the to, uh, and so it gives us an idea where to put that. And okay. if we're going to do something like this. So, tier four talent, Polymorph. Ooh. If your character has at one at least one rank in Arcana or Divine, they can cast the Transform spell. Ooh. However, they can use, when they use the Transform spell, they can only transform into magical or supernatural creatures, such as demons, dragons, angels, and elementals. Oh. What this does gives us an example of what tier to put at if you want to put a tier uh, talent into your game oh. that gives access to right. a new spell type oh. to, uh, for instance, like vampiric healing right. for, a, for an arcane caster. You tier can make four. a tier 4 talent and f- heal like a vampire and you know right. things like that. That's cool. I mean, yeah. Just sets a precedent that I wanted to bring up. So. I didn't notice that. That's a good. That's a good. I'm glad you called that out, Tony, because that's um, that's awesome. Because we have we have what five five magic skills. Six if you've got um if you've got um. Runes. No. What guy? The name. Jeez. First. Oh. Zentherix's uh, Z- 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 guide to magic by. Oh yeah, Zentherix. Z- 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 yeah. Yeah, Z- Z- so we got so with that you have a sixth one, right? Right. But you have all of these different types of spells, and the types of spells: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. If you include mind and move, that's a right. lot of different types of spells. And you know what? If you can't figure out. What spell when you're cast? If you want to cast something and it doesn't fall into any thirteen of those or twelve of those, I don't know if there's something wrong with you. But well, that reminds you gotta me, find it somewhere. <laughs> that reminds me, of, you know, early on when Genesis came out, one of your friends, Chris, created with his his kids uh, his own setting, Brian, and he yep. included two magic actions: one basically shade, the other one illusion. Nice, basically to cover, you know. Uh, Things about some that they're illusion there. and mm-hmm. masking, or I forget the, the exact name, but yeah. it was pretty cool. Yeah, those are cool, definitely. Yeah. So, all right. Whew, all right. I'm gonna. Shall we take a little break here? Because <laughs> I think so. I think all We're of all you out the there, now. <laughs> you're getting what you pay for now. This could be like a ten hour podcast here that you got to get through. <laughs> feels like. <laughs> yeah. well, I enjoy this stuff. The, talking about this, this is great. Yeah, magic. Revisited. I think we revisited yeah. it pretty well. Yeah, yeah I think we so. did. Now, right. like our like our relatives a few days ago, we're gonna kick ourselves out of being visited. Yeah, to magic, that's it. Right? And we're gonna move on to our next segment. Yes. Alright, welcome to part three uh, of the show, the part that we like to call Advantageous Threats. Nice. Because there, there might be 
multiple threats. You never know. Oh, there will be. Uh, this is where we build, roll, and uh, narrate the die results for some uh, sample little scenarios that we uh, we write up and t- kind of like throw each other like monkey wrenches into the other person's uh, works and see how that goes. Hey, can turn into <laughs> monkeys now. Got to transform. There you go. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing kind wrenches at your ass. Variation on the, yeah, that's it. Kind of variation on the curse spell. <laughs> Monkey <laughs> wrench. <laughs> and we kind of wrote a little bit like last time these little scenarios uh, mm-hmm. that sort of are linked to, you, to each other. <laughs> build up on the scenario. <laughs> we kind of might be, Yeah, it might, it might be a theme now. <laughs> I actually kind of like the theme. I actually kind of like this theme too, especially this one. Which takes yeah. a nice little twist. So, Stefan, kick it, kick yeah. it off. Is that, that's right. We're yeah. going to have Stefan go first, right? That makes that's sense. Ah. Him, oh. then Tony, then me, right? Yeah. Okay. That's it. Tony right, wrote Stephen. the scenario first, and I got inspired by it. Um, and I couldn't so. decide whether I wanted to. Well, you guys will understand when you, can, yeah. when you get to mine. All right. Go ahead. Right. Go ahead. All right. So, I am going to be rolling for. Jocasta the Gilded Lily. She's a powerful spellcaster in her own right, and she has sent an assassin to eliminate her archrival, Arkaz Ramaz, the Scourge of the Burning Sands. Or the Scourge of, yeah, the, of the Sands. Sorry, not the Burning Sands necessarily. They could be burning, but it depends. Yeah, I went with a theme that these guys are in Al Kalim in the Terranoth yeah. setting. There you go. Well done. And she wants, of course, her assassin to succeed and will be casting a protective enchantment upon him, one that may hopefully ward off any hostile magics. So she calls it her gilded charm. Basically, cool. it's a barrier barrier spell. She's got three... So just to... So just to um, I know, I mean, because we're, yeah. we were talking about magic... We didn't yep. necessarily go over what the mechanics or what the benefits of a barrier spell will do. So that no. normally does basic, what? Yeah, the basic barrier spell. So mm-hmm. basically, um, she can keep it up with concentration. Yep. Uh, default range is engaged. Okay. Um, the target. To, to cast it. Yeah, to, it. To, 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 to target. Mm-hmm. Base difficulty, one purple. One difficulty. And if successful, it reduces incoming damage by one per two successes beyond the first success. Per two successes beyond the first. Okay, so three successes is two damage reduced. Yeah. Four successes. Four successes, still two damage reduced, but five five successes minus two. So make make note of that, everybody. I think I've missed that at some point, too. Yeah, so there (laughs) it is. And she is going to add... Um, the uh, reflection quality. All right. What does that do? Which reflection means that if uh, the opponent uh, casts a spell at her assassin, and that generates either three threats or uh, a despair on their check, after the check is resolved, they can suffer a hit de- dealing damage equal to the total damage of the attack. Oh, shite. So you were so, yeah, back. Kind of, yeah, exactly. You just bounce it back. Oh, fireball? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Nice. And this effect can only be added for Arcana only. That's it. So that was something She's I don't arcane. think we pulled out when we were talking about magic, is that there are some effects that only certain magic type, magic skills can add. That's it. Some we did, we did with only. the holy. We talked about oh, how true. it can only be used for divine. You're right. Like, you're right. 
a few other magical uh, actions do have some of these. Yep. So so she's an arcane spellcaster, and this is her. You know, she's named the spell and cast it more than once. It's her signature spell. Ah, nice. There we go. So it reduces this difficulty down to two purple. So she's got five intellect. She's very smart. And three ranks in arcane. Making her three three yellow, two green. Wow. And again, of course, two... uh, and three purple? Two purple difficulty. There we go. Three or two? Two purple total. Now, I'm assuming she's doing this immediately before the assassin enters uh, Arkaz yeah, Ramaz's tower, she's, correct? She's she's very close by, yeah. So uh, she'll be able to maintain the spell once he's moved off. Well, I would like to impose mm-hmm. two setback <laughs> dice due to the fact that it is the pitch of dark of night. Aha, uh-huh, yes, of course. Oh, yes. <laughs> Why not? Why not? All right. Um, I'll just go ahead and ask, for, of course, for a boost dive because this assassin has Does she's worked with. <laughs> well, this assassin she's known and works with before. He's known. He knows. He's no. He knows the the spell effect, and they they all have a good rapport, and is is willing to accept the spell. Uh, I'm not red. giving it to him, Chris. You give it to him if you want to. <laughs> Oh, because he's going after your character? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I'll give you that, though, okay? Yeah. However, comma, I'm also going (laughs) to flip a story point. Well, of course. Because Remaz, you said you're casting this near his his finger-wiggling sorcerer tower, right? Well, that's it, yeah. Well, he's got some some shit on there that could fuck up casting. It's not him. Or his, you never know. Or exactly, his some of his buddy. some of, some of his wards on his on his tower. Yeah, could, yeah, you're right. Yeah, the wards are kind of spreading out, kind of go. affecting her. So yeah, let's you never know. All right, so let's go. <laughs> I'm not going to spend a story point. I'm just going to let let it stand. There you so go. go. Perfect. And there you go. So we've got a couple of blanks. Remove those real quick. All right. So we've got a couple of threats, a couple of advantages. They cancel each other out. And oh, out or out? No. They can't see each other. Oot, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, no despairs, but no successes either. Just uh, an advantage. What advantage? <laughs> what? Wow. So, just, and what was this again? This is a barrier, huh? A barrier yeah. spell. So she fails basically to cast her barrier. Some some of the wards. Uh, you know, do because it's the failure actually came up on the upgraded dice, the uh, challenge dice. Oh, oh so, no! Yeah, so my wards are doing that. The wards did yes. spell the the barrier spell she was casting, uh, and uh, but she did give an advantage. So maybe any spell cast at him will impose a setback. Oh, the, the, the very next spell, not all spells, but one Got spell. It. The very next spell cast to him gets a setback back. That's I it, like so. that. That's not bad. So it's, a a minor it's, a, it's a pseudo barrier. It's something still got yeah. through, but she wasn't. That's it. So instead of having the glittering aura that then diminishes as a as it's cast, it's just like a couple of bit, glows of dust land on his shoulders, and that's about it. And he's just. <laughs> He just stands there going, really? Is that it? Yeah. Oh, well. Okay. Is that it, you, you gilded lily? 
<laughs> all right, fine. Oh, wow. All right. I'll, this cost. This is going to cost you double then. All right, fine. There we go. <laughs> and he goes off into the tower. All right. Well, my one? character, the Archmage Arkazramars, Scourge of the Sands, will be fighting an assassin sent by an unknown enemy in the dead of night. Uh, he will be using Bone Rack. His nice. curse that I developed earlier. Oh, he go. will also be using. He did while he did not get up quickly enough to don his archmage's robes. He mm. was quick enough to quickly pull a wand of innervation and a cloth. Yes. <laughs> so he's standing there casting his wand with his wand, his bone rack curse with his wand of innervation. Now, innervation is an effect that can be added to a curse for one purple difficulty, and a wand allows you to add that for free. Cool. Um, Innovation. Uh, yes. <laughs> and that uh, its effect is... It's on page 217. If the, hmm? if the target suffers strain for any reason, they suffer an additional strain. <laughs> ah, there we go. That does so, suck. Our Kazramaz, being the Archmage that he is, is going to have two yellow, two green um, to cast that. So I have that. And then the spell itself is normally four purple difficulty. That's, I'm uh, sorry, five purple difficulty because it's uh, the two for the um, normal curse and then plus three for uh, the paralyzing effect on bone rack. So five purple uh, difficulty. Right. And uh, I guess since it's the next spell cast at the uh, assassin. Yep. I'll get that setback die. You the sure setback will. Dice right there. It is the dead of night, so two setback dice there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's he's an adversary one, yeah. He's so, a tough, tough assassin. Yep, so okay. the assassin entry in Realms of Terranoth in the Alkalim section does have adversary one, which means that one of my f- uh, five uh, purple will become a mm. red. Um, does anyone have anything else they'd like to add? Oh, I think that uh, it would sp- flip a story point because as the assassin, of course, enters the room, there's a small glint uh, of light on a pin that he's wearing, and he recognizes the symbol that oh, it's my former student, uh, Jocasta, who sent this assassin against me. And, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> she knows, you know, some of his tricks. <laughs> nice. Very well. And the Very student nice. kills the master. <laughs> Right, Chris. <laughs> would you like to add anything else, or are you good? Let's. Well, I think you guys have covered it there. Really, I mean, you got yeah, the setback because right. of the the advantage on her check. You know what? I don't think I so. Think I think he <laughs> uh, go he's ahead. going to have a little bit of bowl of bone dust nearby, which will allow him to ask, add, and grab it and use as a component caster. To add a boost die to his there check. There you Why go. Not? There you that go. Works. Yes. A pinch of bone dust for his bone rack. There, there you go. I like it. All right. Very appropriate. Yeah. There we go. So do it up. Is this the assassin's all, last job? <laughs> could yeah. be. All right. So I had one of my red dice came back blank. Oh. Um. So grand total, I had three successes. Uh, four successes, so I'm going to succeed. Uh, however, this attack is going to generate a ton of threat. Uh-oh. It is going <laughs> to generate a total of four threat and a triumph. 
Nice. Oh shit! Okay, so I'm what so glad that barrier doesn't reflect my spell back at me. <laughs> no, but it no. wouldn't, because it only reflects attack <laughs> spells. Exactly. And Not she failed on it anyway, versus. so it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> but it wouldn't still. anyway. But I'm so yeah. Uh, four successes. Uh, I don't have the advantage to trigger um, my, or no, I have the advantage to make. I don't need advantage for anything. You know, no, he is so paralyzed. Four threat. You have four threat, right? Yes, four threat. What do you think about this one there, Stefan? Mm. The all other spellcasters and creatures attuned to magical energies become aware of him. Mm. Why not? That's for <laughs> now. That's for that's for um, three. Or how many, how many threats? What's were, the other were generated? one? Generated for three. Slightly more powerful than expected. One character of the GM's choice is targeted and otherwise affected by the spell as well. Oh, there we go. Probably gives Stefan the effect that he wants. <laughs> yeah, kind of a reflective backlash. <laughs> that's true. You know what? That's probably, that's really good. <laughs> so it's the glint of the assassin's pin that I hit, yeah. and it reflects it the spell it. back at me. Ah, that's shit! Just a- a remaining echo of Jocasta's uh, yeah. spell. <laughs> and then I think, and then I think, um, and then I think the threat, the last remaining threat, we can use that second result up at the very top. All character, this character, and all allied spellcasters in the encounter add a setback die to cast okay. spells because, and if you don't mind me starting my turn, Zindal <laughs> to feel <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Is in this encounter too. He is a desert shaman. He's a wandering gnome primalist. Um, and um, you know his good friend Akaz Miraz, the scourge of the sands, just got fucked up, and he's gonna say, "Hey, do you need a ride? Let's get the <laughs> just GTFO, buddy." Yeah. So um, why why are you talking to me? Come on, move. Yeah, move he's your like, ass. Why you talking? So I've got these two. <laughs> so here we go. So this is actually gonna be pretty kick ass. Um. So he's going to transform himself into a, wait for it, desert eagle flying mount. <laughs> not the not the not the gun, but a desert eagle, oh. an eagle from yeah. the. <laughs> um. So yeah, so he's gonna he's gonna try and GTFO his buddy out of here, and maybe this assassin too, because he knew his buddy wanted to question him, um, and turn into a giant eagle. He might be able to do it. So he's got a primal skill of. Um, I've got a cunning of four, two ranks mm-hmm. in primal, and that's going to be so that'll be two yellow, two green. Now, what I built up before, building a flying mount, silhouette two, so I'll need mm-hmm. to increase the silhouette I could turn into. So that's going to add two difficulty to this, and the base difficulty is two. So my difficulty is going to be four purple and a setback die because, you know, the threat my buddy <laughs> did. <Right>. However,. <laughs> I've transformed into an eagle before, and I pull out a feather from what I used uh-huh. before. So I got component casting. And I start stripping down, baby. Because <laughs> I don't want my clothes to... <laughs> right. So I got butt-ass naked. So as, a, mover, cast as a maneuver, you thrust off your nightgown. Yes, I do. <laughs> Here we go. All right. Stand in the be- guest bedroom next door. <laughs> <laughs> the very short nightgown. <laughs> And I'm going to ask for a boost die because I think it's pretty cool that a silhouette, silhouette zero 
character nope. turned into a silhouette <laughs> too. A big ass eagle. Yeah, sure. Why not? Rule cool. <laughs> All right, cool. Rule cool. However, uh, yeah. I'd have the top of the. Although tower. you're trying to save me as a GM, yeah, I think it fits <laughs> to flip a story point and say well. you're trying to turn into a silhouette two eagle in a room in a tower. Right. You may not be able to fly out of here. You may be too big. I might not yeah. have been. Hopefully, you know, he doesn't have an intellect uh, two for nothing. So, right? <laughs> <laughs> he don't need an elect. Special, yeah, special <laughs> dimensions, like, what? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I have two yellow, two green, two boost. I got a red, three purple, and a setback die. How's that sound? There we go. All right. It's pitch black. You should have two setback dice. Two setback dice. So two more setback dice. Yes. Okay. All right. Zindal Tiptilzari. Or Zindal for short. Let's see what we got. Zin for real short. Zin. <laughs> well, there's that. Oh. <laughs> Doesn't sound good. <laughs> oh, no. This is going to be good. Because right. we have a whole lot of failures, successes, and what we're <laughs> left with. One success. Oh. Yeah, at least one. <laughs> one success, but one threat. <laughs> so I... Oh. So maybe I... Take some strain trying to squeeze out of the room. Yeah, a couple I think of extra two additional feathers. strain makes sense. <laughs> or two additional strain. That's true. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. So Zindal, the Desert Eagle, Zindal picks up his buddy in his in one claw, the guy in the other one, and takes off into the night. G T F O N. Very nice. That's oh, a great that's advantageous threats, guys. Yeah, yeah that was fun. <laughs> All right, let's let's end this puppy. I think so. All right, so time to wrap up this puppy. I think we've talked long and hard enough. We were running out of spit. Um, so I want to do a little shout out to a fellow uh, Nerds International uh, Network uh, podcaster, uh, the Murder Hobo Show, which features Jerry McCallum. And recently, our favorite uncle, Jay Raz has joined him. I don't know if it's for long term or just a couple of guest spots, but I've listened to the latest two episodes. And they're kind of funny. They, they admit, you know, they, they, they talk incoherently and try to sound professional about it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like so us. Go give them a listen. Yeah. Right. So they talk about all kinds of stuff, role-playing games, nice. uh, wise. Uh, recent episode, they talked about uh, mind flares and how you can apply mind flare concept to other settings. You know, take a monster from different uh, settings and apply the basic principle of a, of a creature that's of darkness and uses mind powers. Nice. Uh, and they even had a segment that they threw in, apparently inspired by me where they do the naked news <laughs> they talk about oh taking my. off their clothes and, and doing the news so i don't think it's for real but you know you can still have your mental images <laughs> you've been warned that you just can't unsee i'm sorry they're That's it. Exactly. Nose it's, guys it's not a video podcast thank you no luckily yeah, luckily even i'm grateful for that <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Murder Hobo Show. Go and take a listen. Awesome. Well, I Please. have all my clothes on, 
So I yes, will go over some important reminders and some. But, upcoming... under, but underneath your clothes, you're all naked. <laughs> well, exactly. You keep thinking that, Stefan. All right. So, yeah. a, hey, expanded player's guide and a GM screen has shipped. I got mine from the source and not the FFG store. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, many gamers have already received theirs. Just hit stores on um, the 29th of last month, a few days ago. Yep. Go get uh, Xanthrix's Guide to Magic by Scott Zumwalt out at DriveThruRPG. I'll have the uh, link to that in the show notes. Zanthrix. And uh, Tony and I will be on the brewery starting this week. We're starting a new campaign that Jamie's running us two and Daryl through um, in the realms of Tiernoth. So, um, yeah, and those new episodes will be up on the brewery's uh YouTube channel, which I'll throw in the show notes as well. Is he going to be live streaming it? I'm not sure if he's got that set up yet. I don't sure. know if he'll be live streaming uh, yet. Might not be that uh, one. I hope so. Session zero, he usually live streams, but okay. doesn't record. So yep, that'll be on Twitch. We normally do that. It's up on Twitch. I'll have that. I'll have that in the show notes too. We do. Um, what time is that at? That's normally eight o'clock my time, nine o'clock your time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Six what do you plan on playing? What am I playing? Oh, I am going to play Eshak Gutala. He's a Inuit shaman, basically a burrow gnome primalist <laughs> from the north, from the great white north that has come down to Tiranoth, <laughs> who has met up with Jolly Spicepaw. I will be playing a catfolk scoundrel bard named Jolly Spicepaw. That's right. My, uh, I think, uh, I think a shock. He's gonna have a uh, Minnesota accent, you know, don't you know? Because uh, and of course, <laughs> a lot of snow. I can't play a, I can't play a cat folk without doing a Kajit accent. So <laughs> yeah, I that's played true. a lot of Skyrim. So uh, yeah, <laughs> Elder Scrolls <laughs> oh, that's online. Good. That's so I've good. got plenty of Kajit things to say. <laughs> yeah, let's just say, let's just say that um, that a shock will be transforming into a, will be able to transform into a. Dire bear. <laughs> yeah. Silhouette zero dire badger? to silhouette <laughs> three, baby. Well, okay. Oh, yeah. Well, if you guys have <laughs> suggestions for Chris and I on how to play these awesome characters or Daryl, how to play his elven mage. Oh, yeah. Uh, Please email those to us or anything else you want to talk to us about over at findingthenarrativepodcast at gmail.com. Reach out to myself or Stefan at Finding the Narrative on Facebook. Uh, Nerds International is a, and Finding the Narrative are on Mayway, and you can get a hold of us all over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Stefan loves to interact with people on the Twitters at, uh, at FTN underscore Genesis. There's more than one Twitters? No. Um, the Twitters. Yes. And uh, <laughs> listen to us in all the fun places podcasts come from, like Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Google Play, Spotify, and more. This is Tony saying, keep rolling them bones. And this is Stefan saying, don't forget to ask for those boost eyes. And this is Chris saying, remember the rule of cool here from the Great White North? Because it's really fucking cold out because I live in Minnesota. <laughs> but more than anything, just have fun, everybody. Good night. I've never heard of this and more podcast uh, place. Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast, is not affiliated with or endorsed by any companies mentioned in this show. Any of the products mentioned on our show or appear on our website are the property and copyright of their respected owners. 
All items are used under fair use and educational and review purposes. All other items are the intellectual property of Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.